Blog Talk Radio. And I went home on Christmas Eve alone. Midnight struck as I got in. I could hear the most terrible din. The full moon was shining bright. I had an awful fright. Just as I closed the door. This is what I saw! Dracula and Frankenstein Singing that old Lang Syne Zombies dancing round the stream Man, he walks out to see Underneath the mistletoe Turn the bell and cross his mondo The wolf and the Christmas Welcome to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls perspective, and I am the head entress. And, uh, well, it's been a rough season nine, but we're here. We're to our season finale, and uh, this one is a Christmas present onto its own because we are going to recap what all the shit that went down in 2023. Everything from news events that gave us attention to memes to music to movies, but not movies specifically, because we're going to actually do a countdown of movies in January, but, like, favorite kills, shit like that, we can talk about things like that, favorite shots in movies or lines, we can also talk about shit like that, too, um, favorites, but anything we want to talk about, these are a few of our favorite things, 2023, but first, let me introduce the panel today, my sexy witches, which are all warlocks, again, From the Southern California World Wonderland of Orange County is my warlock himself, my partner in crime, my media convention connoisseur and sommelier extraordinaire. Please welcome to the show my cousin, Aaron Cogan. How are you doing, sir? Welcome to Back to Sexy Witches. Hello? Hello? You must be on mute. Sorry. I, I had hit the mute because I was coughing. <laughs> fail, fail. The goblins are already attacking. No, uh, happy uh, uh, end of season nine, number nine, yeah. number nine. Yep, and to you, sir, happy Hanukkah, because I know it's Hanukkah Happy Hanukkah, right Hanukkah now. was penultimate night, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, Almost excellent. Done. So, uh, now in the south, where they don't do much Hanukkah down here, but they do a lot hey. of Christmas. <laughs> They're doing a ton of Christmas down here already. Please welcome to my show, my dirty southern sorcerer himself, from Atlanta, Georgia. Please welcome to the show, Nathan Hamilton. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between. It's good to be here and talking to all of you out there is always one of my favorite things. Ah, so thank you. That's so sweet of you. So before we get into tonight's subject matter, I have to ask first, in your whamageddon, are you still alive? I have traveled to malls. I have traveled to uh, 
all kinds of indoor shopping and somehow I am still alive. I, I have uh, been alternative whammed, but not by George Michael and uh, Andrew Ridgely themselves. So I'm still in it to win it. Oh, excellent. And how about you, Nathan Hamilton? I am still alive. I have gone out shopping. I have been various places where I was pretty sure I was in deep shit, but I've managed to <laughs> avoid a trip to Whamhalla, or as I like to call it, Valhalla-la-la-la-la-la-la. And nice. so far, I'm I'm good. So we've got about a week and a half to go. Inshallah. Let's see if uh, we can make it. I, I don't play the Mariah Apocalypse, but today I would have lost it. I was at no. a um, a Christmas party, and I use that word in quotes, um, <laughs> at, at my office, and they put on a you know random Spotify Christmas mix, and the first song on oh. it was "Everything You <laughs> All I Want for Christmas Is You." Was the See, first song. Hmm. And, that and, that so, song. But like Wham is the you know Last Christmas is the one everyone tries to avoid. But all fun. I want for Christmas is you. I put up there on the list with like wars and plagues and natural disasters, mm. like as the mm-hmm. worst, some of the worst things that have ever happened to humanity. Yeah, uh, uh, tear me off a piece of that. Yes. I mean, the thing is, though, the reason why it's last Christmas is because it started in England. And the funny thing is, I bring this up because one of my favorite things in 2023 happened today, and it's related to Whamageddon. Um, so I'm going uh, <laughs> so to do that. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump right into, I'm going to tell this story, then we're going to play the intro for <laughs> favorite things, and then we're going to start our official talk. But today's show did an article on Whamageddon today, uh, which is kind of cool that it's actually gotten that much attention that Today Show did an article. They did promos for it without warning people with the song in it. Mm. Entire Mm. cities were taken out today. Dick move. Uh Uh-huh. Super dick move. millions of people died on this. (laughs) But, I was like, dick move, but an amazing strategic strike. Oh, my God. It it was, you know, and and the person, I guess, I haven't watched it yet. I did share the article for people that want to see it. If you're still playing Whamageddon, don't watch it, or watch it on mute with the subtitles on. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, but Supposedly she apologizes at the end of the segment. Oh, we probably should have warned people. Wow. <laughs> Evil. I like their style. <laughs> I know. Really, really good. I think that is peak Whamageddon. So anyway, <laughs> I had to tell that to you. and That might be one of my favorite things this year. So let's Apparently... I was going to say that apparently cute kitten videos are one of the major culprits of people getting whammed yeah, this year. There, no. There's a TikTok yep. video of a cat that I know on the first day knocked out a bunch of people and it, every once in a while still knocking people out. So it must be a really good cat Holy video. Holy crap. I yeah. live with a woman addicted to cute cat videos. I'm a dead man walking. 
Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, yeah. let's get leave back. Leave the room you know when she, if you see her pick up the phone. I had leave no idea. So this is our annual for people that don't listen uh, very often. And I don't know who is. If, if you're listening for the first time, thank you. Welcome for people who have been listening with us. And I know there's a few out there because we just hit over 10,000 listens. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you out there. Uh, yeah. And I want to do a special cast uh, shout out in particular to Kathleen Marshall, who has been one of my loyal, most loyal listeners and listens every week. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you, ten thousand. So you are my favorite things, like Nathan said. Uh, but we always talk about our favorite things that have happened over the year. Uh, we hold actual movie reviews and our rankings for that until January. So that gives us a little extra more time to get movies in at the end of the year. And there's some big ones coming up. Iron Claw is coming out. Um, the premiere is tonight, and it, it releases wide on the 22nd. And definitely I'm going to go see that. Uh, and I know Nathan is for sure. So, um, you know, so there's still a few movies left, and we have other ones to catch up on. And if you haven't watched First Rebirth, do it now. Um, and... Um, but anyway, so we're not going to do movies this week. But if we like want to talk about, like I said, favorite kills or something like that, we that's on the table. Mostly we're going to talk about music, special events, maybe some news things like the Chinese balloon was one of my favorite things this year. Uh, you know, there's there's so much that 2023 was awful and amazing all at the same time. And uh, I mean, we're and here we are. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. I told Nathan that I would give him because I cut him off last year because <laughs> he hasn't really this. But we're going to lead off with music this year. Uh, usually, I, I I don't usually get music in. Towards, I usually save it for the end. But I think, yeah. Okay, I'll have nice. to talk in a minute about that. <laughs> I got sorry, I got mm-hmm. distracted. By uh, Ping, <laughs> bad radio. But anyway, Nathan, Mr. Hamilton, sir, thirty Southern Sorcerer of the South, who loves music, all kinds, and uh, we've got we go, we actually went to quite a few concerts, and everyone from uh, Creator to They Might Be Giants this year, we went to go see, and you know, and it's going to continue. I've got tickets to Hamilton coming up, and the Dead South, so uh, you know. Uh, it's nice to have a lot of good live venues around here. Um, but there's been a lot of music this year because all the COVID records came out. Is that right, Nathan? So everybody well, and A lot of the COVID records came out last year. But this year, we, we like there was a lot of great stuff that came out. I, n- nothing bums me out more than when people say, oh, nobody makes good music anymore. That just means <laughs> you're not looking, man. <laughs> and I on a great shit that came out. I just want to, you know, talk a few of my favorites. And I'd love to hear you guys' favorites too. Um, there were a few genres that really, for some reason, had a great year this year. Um, one of them is Neo Soul. Like, there's been a lot of good soul stuff come out, and there's two albums yeah. I want to highlight in particular. Uh, one is by Alexis Evans, an album called Yours Truly. And the other one is by a band called The Dip, an album called Sticking With It. Both of those are absolutely amazing albums. Everyone out there, please, please check them out. You'll be happy you did. Um, 
goth rock had a surprisingly great year. It's coming back, apparently. Uh, there was a album from uh, Cult of Crowley called King Sweets. It was excellent. It has a song on it called Little Blonde Witch Girl, which is one of my favorite songs of the year. Uh, the 69 Eyes had a great album this year. Uh, Grave Pleasures put out a good album. Uh, there's another one which I'll talk about in a little while because we're going to get to my top 10 albums of the year shortly. Um, Blackened Thrash Metal, which is basically, if you're familiar with the band Midnight, they play, it's, it sounds like old school thrash, like came out of, you know, the Bay Area in 1984, but with black metal influences. And bands like Cold Steel and Hell Ripper and Lucifuge and For Eon all put out awesome albums this year. My favorite one we will talk about in a little while. Um, Psychedelic nice. Rock really came on strong this year. Um, Polymerase uh, had an album called Dreams and Realities. It was great. Um, Unison Effect had an album called The Arrival, which is synth-heavy space rock. Sounds like it could have easily come out in 1978. <laughs> excellent, excellent album. Um, God, there was some really good rap that came out this year. Um, Odyssey put out an album called To What End. Uh, Black Thought, who you might know as the, uh, the rapper from The Roots, he put out a solo album this year that was fucking fantastic. Um, there's a group called Group Therapy who put out an album called I Was uh, Mature for My Age, But I Was Still a Child, which is one of the most innovative albums I've heard in hip-hop in a while. It takes different soundscapes and different rhyme styles and kind of melds them all together into something completely and utterly unique, which I would recommend everyone take out. Group therapy, all small, all uh, lowercase, one word. Um, EPs. EPs have become a huge thing lately because of streaming. It's almost not, you know, <laughs> doesn't make sense to release an album. Might as well just release three or four songs at a time and keep those churning out. Uh, there's some, been some really good ones of those this year. Um, I particularly want to highlight Acid Moth, who is a... They sound like if Black Sabbath had a female singer. <laughs> Very wow. Much, really cool. Uh, they had a self-titled... Uh, Tribulation put out a four-song uh, EP called Hamartia, which all, all of the songs are amazing, but there's a cover on there of Vengeance the Pack from the heavy metal soundtrack, the Blue Oyster Cult classic, and that cover is badass. Oh, yeah. Uh, Inner Peace has a song. It's just called The 23 Demo. This band sounds like a bunch of, well, I say a bunch. There's only two of them. Uh, sounds like some drill mumble rappers, like that rap that I really don't dig that's coming out now. But it sounds like a couple of them found a body count CD and said, hey, I want to do that. So it's it's a really interesting like new school twist on what Body Count was doing, and there's a punk band I just discovered called Bullshit Detector, who put out they say it's an album but it's only 20 minutes long but you know punk albums <laughs> called Death Depression that's absolutely fantastic. Um, Iggy Pop and Alice Cooper both put out albums this year. Um, both of them were kind of mid. <laughs> But if you're a fan of those guys, you know boy, their mid-albums are better than a lot of people's best albums. So, you know, I would highly recommend checking out those out. But 
I really want to talk about my top ten. And I've got five um, runners-up, and then I'll have my top ten in no particular order. And then I want to hear you guys, whether the stuff you you know, came across this year that was excellent. Um, we are scientists, but now an album called Lobes. That is my favorite pop album this year. Very dancey, very, you know, very poppy, very, you know, upbeat. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, there's a band called Ghost Meat put out an album called The Witch's Familiar. And it, it sounds like a little heavier Pink Floyd, I would say. It's got the same, like, you know, weird aural passages in there and the, you know, the weird discordant sounds that they like to put in their music, which is uh, Ghost Meat does very, very similar things. Um, <laughs> there's a noise rock band called Kill Me that put out a uh, self-titled album. It was excellent. Uh, Swamp Fiend put out an album with one of my favorite titles this year. It's called Smoke Weed Hail Satan. Oh, yeah. And, yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> Who can't get behind I, that? I actually know that one. Do you? Dude, yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a great album. It's uh, <laughs> thing if you take take some death metal stylings, mix it with Swamp Rock, and you get this thing. Uh, and <laughs> another, it's It's awesome. I loved it. And a band called Soft Cult put out an EP called See You in the Dark. And it basically sounds a lot like, mm, I don't know, a, a little bit heavier version of Lush or one of those 90s female oh, okay. fronted shoegaze bands. It's, it's really good to just kind of chill out and drift into. It's one of those kind of almost, tra- almost trancey, but not trance music you know what i mean because it's good spacey shoegaze stuff however my top 10 and this is in no particular order except for the number one because i do know what my album of the year is um there's a band called the arcs it's a side project of i cannot remember his name but one of the guys from the black lips and they put out an album called electrophonic chronic which Mm. is it's soulful it's funky it rocks it's i almost don't know how to describe what style of music it is but you you listen to it once and you're by the end of the you know last song you're almost immediately like you've already hit repeat like i gotta hear that again i I listened to that album so it was one of my big driving albums this year and then we all know how important car music is that was that was one of my major goes in fact on my uh (laughs) There were I have three new bands that were on my most listened to list from YouTube Music. That's how I listen to them, and they were on there. Um, another band I, uh, that I discovered this year is called Hot Graves, and now I'm called Plague Wielder. Um, it is think the blackened thrash metal we were talking about earlier, but with death metal mixed in, but also mm. like ambient soundscapes throughout <laughs> that like really they mellow it out and it's all it's almost like salted caramel or putting red pepper with chocolate it yeah, makes yeah, both, it, it makes both of them hit a little harder and it's it's cool um <laughs> I, I talked about iggy and uh alice but the the legacy band one of the legacy bands that put out in a fantastic album this year was depeche mode yeah 
Memento Mori is a great album. I'll, I'll put up there with any of the best of Depeche Mode's albums. It's up there. It's, it, it's it, actually it's, on my list too. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it, it's don't really got to say much. It's Depeche Mode doing what Depeche Mode do, and they do it <laughs> very, very well. Um, Today was uh, Depeche Mode Day in Los Angeles by official proclamation at City really? Hall. Yeah. Nice. Very okay. cool. They, they absolutely deserve it. Um, yeah, the city. Magic <laughs> put out an album called Vast Reaches Unclaimed. This is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. This is a this is the musical equivalent of a sledgehammer to the face. But Oops. when but when you want something intense, Majesties is an album you really need to go with this year. Um, I was talking about the the you know, the thrash revival, but the best band to come out of that for me this year, a band called Phantom out of Guadalajara, Mexico. Put out an album called "Handed to Ex- Excuse Me Handed to Execution," which is a great album. On anyone who enjoys early Metallica, early Megadeth, you know, early Slayer, all Testament, all those Exodus, all those bands, you will dig Phantom. Trust me on this one. Um, Vulture Industries was also one of my most listened to albums this year. It's I, I hesitate to call it metal. It's it's heavy rock, but it's the song structures are. It's almost like Thinking Man's heavy rock, with you know very intricate song structures, very fascinating lyrics. And the thing I like about them most is, whereas some bands would have a two guitar attack, they have a guitar and a trumpet that work together like mm. two guitars do. And it's a really interesting musical dynamic. And I've, I've been kind of iffy on some of their stuff before. This is, I think, their third album. But this album just grabbed me by the balls, and I've listened to it for over and over and over again. Um, as far as the goth rock I was talking about, my favorite one was William Blank, Viva Lost Love. It is absolute cheesy sad boy bullshit and i love it (laughs) it's awesome um but my number two album of the year uh, is by a russian band called tardigrad inferno album's called burn the circus uh i first discovered these guys a couple of years ago doing an absolutely rocking cover of spooky scary skeletons and they (laughs) they call themselves dark cabaret metal which it's I've never heard anything like these guys before. They're if you're a fan of Mike Patton's various groups, you might kind of dig the avant-garde sensibilities of this band. Um, I can never remember her name, but the singer has a really unique voice and is very dramatic and she's very good at telling a story through her vocals, even when they're you know, getting rather heavy. But, but this album, they really, they found their groove. Because this, mm-hmm. on some of their previous stuff, they could come off a little bit silly. But this one, they upped their musical game. They kind of married their dark side and their fun side together to create something that is completely unique. The Tardigrad Inferno, Burn the Circus. 
But my number one album and the one I have returned to the most this year and listened to constantly is Darkadelic by The Damned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is the (laughs) best album The Damned have put out in 25 years. Wow. It, It sounds like... It sounds like a mixture of all of the different eras of the damp, you know, because their sound has evolved over the years and, been, you know, gone more gothy, more punk, more, you know, mainstream rock, more, you know, all. And this feels like it's all kind of mixed together with the songwriting sensibilities and confidence and know how of dudes that have been doing it for decades. Like, and they managed to write a, a fantastic fantastic album and it's so good to see him back on form and i really hope they come around again sometime soon touring this album because i'd really love to see these songs played live but the damned darkadelic definitely my album of the year wow it's pretty good i've listened to those two records and uh um, telegraph inferno it's like if you took tim burton and then like and then how did him have sex with Mike Patton and then they set fire to a circus while they're having <laughs> a heavy metal baby. Wow. That took a weird turn. But yeah, that's, that's <laughs> totally a uh, that is an absolute that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I had to think about that, but um, and the damned record, as a matter of fact, I'm going to play their biggest song on the record, uh, The Invisible Man, at the end of the show tonight, because um, it is really that good. And uh, uh, But, you know, you, you said you wanted us to talk about our favorite music of the year. I actually don't really want to talk about my favorite albums of the year, but I do want to say, and one of my favorite things about music this year was live tours came back with a vengeance of all shapes yeah. and sizes. And there was a lot of variety out there um, and people were making money. Some people could have made more money like the cure. Um, I also want to shout out to Swifties out there even um, for their political activism and working on getting rid of the helping getting rid of these junk fees. So did the cure this year, the cure could have made so much more money than they did. And they did it for their fans. They dropped, they got added cheap tickets. So, their fans like me could go and I could and bring my put family on an, and put on a fantastic show and put on a fucking Amen. banger. Absolutely. Put on a banger. Um, and that was awesome. So I, I, and I got to go to that and, uh, you know, and you did too. I think all of us went to the care in this on the panel, right? You went to, yeah, it, it made my top yeah. for the year. Yeah. So absolutely. Like, like tours were great. Um, I'm not saying I'm a Taylor Swift fan, but I actually appreciate what they do um, and that they are, you know, so responsive and that two women were the top two earners in the concert circuit this year uh, makes me, that isn't Madonna, uh, is actually really cool, (laughs) you know. Oh, my God. I had to drive by the beehive on my way home to work, I drive by the Mercedes Benz stadium, which is the big stadium um, in Atlanta. Mm. And I, and the Beyonce concert was, was happening. It was about two hours out from start. So there was still a lot of people, lot, you know, cars weren't bad, but there was a lot of people walking around. 
all dressed in bright silver. Like, and <laughs> it was, like, insane, like, how many women in silver I saw. I, I would have to say I saw hundreds <laughs> walking into the stadium, um, walking across the thing, the metro. There's a, a – Nathan, you know there's that metro arc that goes bends. The whole thing was filled with people, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I believe it. It, it was crazy. Uh, two days ago I drove by there, and it was a bunch of people – protesting about Palestine. <laughs> I was like, okay. We had it all really shut down today. Were they, all, were they all also wearing shiny silver? No, they were not wearing shiny silver. Okay. Um, Safety vests, it, it, I hope. No, they were just old people. They were just all sorts of people. I mean, that's Atlanta. You never you turn a corner and there's something happening, always. There's, you know, a film crew, something. You know, police brutality sometimes. You know, you don't know. It's it's part of yeah. the excitement of living in Atlanta and in any big city actually. You know, it's the best time, the worst times. Um, that's one of the things where I, I like living down here. So that you know, Atlanta's been good to me actually, mostly. Um, so <laughs> it's been rough too, Nathan. It hasn't been a walk in the park living down <laughs> here. But it's been pretty good. Got to a lot of concerts, got to see a lot of things. So, uh and uh what else in LA music wise was there? Uh, I know there was a lot going down this year. For oh, my God. Well, yeah. Uh, as far as my favorite albums go, um, uh, I, I have to throw Foo Fighters back up there because, I mean, they're still fucking great. And, you know, we we can talk about how long they've been doing this and the shit they went through last year, but they're still producing pretty amazing rock and uh natalie and i have kind of a joke about uh a tier bands that uh you can flip through the radio and you will hear one of them and foo fighters are in the top three because they're just kind of ubiquitous and everywhere but you can't really blame them for that because they're still producing fucking amazing rock so uh but here we are is definitely on my list uh memento mori by Depressed Mode, as previously uh, mentioned. Uh, they're touring still and uh, amazing, and they're on my list. Um, the soundtrack for Godzilla Minus One by Naoki Sato is definitely on my list. Um, Jaws of Life by Pierce the Veil uh, I would throw on my list. Uh, rock kind of emo-ish. You might get a little uh, Fallout Boy vibe from them, but I, I really enjoy what they did. And then the surprise one discovery for me was 10,000 Gex by 100 Gex. And that is spelled G-E-C-S lowercase. Gex. And they are fucking fun. Um, I, I don't even know how to describe I'm uh there's a lot of electronics, some dance action, um, some hardcore, and fucking sound effects like uh, Blaster Fire from Star Wars. And I don't even know how to describe it, but it'll get you moving. And uh, that that's pretty fucking great. And then my single of the year uh, was a really easy choice for me. Uh, it's called Hell and Back by Bakar. And it's Hell, the letter N, Back. And it's just 
fucking cool. It's got a vibe that, I don't know, makes me think of uh, old uh, R&B and um, kind of the the cool romantic dance hall uh, reggae like Bob Marley used to do way back when. And, ah, so fucking good. I recommend that one a lot. You said it's by who now? uh, Bacar, B-A-K-A-R. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. Oh, just a great single. And there was something else that I was supposed to... Oh, I know it is. Um, Listeners of this show, uh, thank you, as always, uh, probably know that for the past few years, I have been going on and on and on about getting Kate Bush in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it fucking happened this year. And uh, I was really expecting more from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show. Uh, Missy E was phenomenal, uh, but there wasn't a whole lot else there. Um, I liked the tribute to Willie Nelson. That was really nice, too, with Willie on stage. Um, Because, you know, Willie's the fucking voice of America, as uh, Loretta Lynn said, if, if if America has a voice, it's Willie Nelson's. And I'm not going to argue with her. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of music for me this year. And there are a couple other soundtracks I liked. Yeah, there, uh, I actually haven't listened to Godzilla Minus One other than watching the movie. I really need to get on that. I don't know why uh, I haven't. Um, soundtrack of the year for me. I mean, it, it's a Godzilla soundtrack, you know, and, and of course it struck the right notes when you wanted it to, you know. There's, yeah, there's literally. That. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, uh, anything else we want to talk about music before we move on? Cause we like, I mean, you literally could talk music for days. I know that Nathan can, <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple other shows I saw this year that I want to shout out to. Um, I had, I did not know a whole lot about, they might be giants. They're never, a, they're not a band. I've really listened to a lot of. <laughs> in my time and you took me to see them and damn they're good live yeah <laughs> really they're good live nice. um, yeah. I, I got to see Onyx at a tiny bar this year which is awesome like you know high school Nathan that was loving them playing with Biohazard was all about seeing some Onyx um, Creator Sepultura Death Angel and Spirit World like melts our faces off um, Danzig mm-hmm. Behemoth nice. Twin Temple and Midnight was great. Danzig um, was all pissy. It was actually kind of glorious. Uh, I, I I think the worse mood Danzig's in, the better his vocals are. Yeah, it was like he was really <laughs> pissed joking. off at like at the guitar tech and the sound guy and the guy doing the spotlight and the weather in Atlanta. Like everything was pissing him off, and it was the best oh, vocally wow. I've ever seen him. It was great. Oh, yeah. It was a really fun show. We, we, so we got we got the the notorious cranky dancing. It was awesome. So that's like the second time I've seen him, and that, but that was like the first time I've seen him like that salty. And I've seen mm, him pretty salty, wow. so that was pretty. Uh, we saw Tim Capello recently. That was a, that was a that dude should yeah. teach workshops on how to work a room. That guy is a consummate professional. Uh, I, finally, I finally got to see Ghoul Town. Which is awesome. If you're not familiar with Ghoul Town, it's 
like Western horror punk. What? Like with it, like right, they have on, a I whole. Need to write this down. Hang on, Ghoul hang Town. on. They, it's a whole Wild West One motif, word? and yes, Ghoul Town. You Got definitely it, you. need to check them out. You'll dig them. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's right up your alley. You'll like it. Right. And they, uh, they, no, I've they, not heard of them. I saw them randomly at Dragon Con a long time ago, and then they just kind of disappeared. And then they just did a quick five-date tour this year, and it just so happened that one of the that the first show on that tour was the was the night before Halloween in Atlanta, and my boys, the casket creatures, opened, and it was perfect. Um, I almost broke my arm. Yep, I got and <laughs> and. Uh, the the most recent show we saw that I really enjoyed was uh, Wednesday Thirteen, who um, if you know he's a horror punk artist. He's been in a million different bands. Probably his most notable one was the Murder Dolls. He formed it with Joey Jordison from Slipknot, and they're basically a mix of the Misfits and Motley Crue, <laughs> is how I describe okay. them. But okay. yeah, you dig them. You check them out. But they're. We're never going to get to see them because out of the five members, two of them are dead and the other three are locked in a legal battle. So I don't think we're going to end up seeing them anytime. But Wednesday 13 toured doing a Murder Dolls set. And since he was was the vocalist for the Murder Dolls and the primary songwriter, it was was basically just like seeing the Murder Dolls. And they rocked it. It was an awesome show. So, yeah, go out there and see live music, people. Great. So, so Ali actually say it was good music, good music year overall. Um, uh, now, uh, let's. Do we want to talk about television yet, or do we want to talk about memes? memes? I was gonna say, you want to do memes next? Do memes. memes next. All right, we'll do memes. We'll do memes because. Um, Nathan got the first subject. I'll let Aaron go for the second subject. So memes, motherfucking memes. Bring us some memes. Motherfucking memes. It was a good year for memes. Um, it was a good year for memes. We, we had this weird thing. Um, I, and, and, you know, I, I'm not the kind of guy who tracks this stuff down, but there are websites like uh, Know Your Meme uh, and, you know, Think Pieces that actually tell you where they came about and you know, what the impetus was for them originally and da, da, da. I don't really care about that. I like the funny. Um, there was this whole <laughs> meme about why do men always think about the Roman Empire, which for some reason, I don't know why, it just struck me as funny. And then there were all the, the corollary, no, we don't, we're thinking about the Klingon Empire or whatever that was. And those were funny too. Um, uh, orca attacks and orcas being part of the uh, proletariat revolution because they were attacking yachts. Definitely a favorite of mine. Oh, that's right. I forgot about them <laughs> attacking the yachts this year. Yep. Yeah, that was a killer. Nathan, did I tell you about the killer whales that were like trying to sink boats out of spite? No, but uh, someone needs to make that movie immediately. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I wonder if uh, Bo Derek is still available. I know we lost Richard Harris, but maybe because she was in the original Orca, right? Yes, yes, yeah. she was. Yeah, let's, let's see we what she's lost, doing. We lost Bo Derek too. She died to cancer. Oh, she did. Yeah, oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. Um, well, they can put a, they can put dead people in movies now. 
Have you seen it happen What's the one they're working on now? They just got permission from the estate of uh, Stewart, Jimmy Stewart. They're going to start using him now. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, I was a big fan of the Barbenheimer and the Barbie and the Oppenheimer uh, memes. Those were pretty oh, yeah, goddamn no, totally funny. Oh, yeah, I'm bored for those. I, in fact, I'm, I'm still kind of using uh, the Oppenheimer memes. Um, Grimace shakes. Uh, Grimace had a, a birthday or an anniversary, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the kids, the youths, started doing TikTok videos where they were drinking Grimace shakes and it was killing them in various ways. That was pretty fucking funny. Oh, those yeah, were good. I saw um, those. those were good. Those were good. Yeah, I did yeah. see those. Plus, it's an excuse for me to bring out um, one of my favorite memes uh, from uh, Clerks the Animated Series, which is Nothing Can Kill the Grimace. And kids, if you're listening at home and you haven't seen Clerks the Animated Series, do yourself a favor. It's funny. Even the fucking uh, director commentary, fucking funny. And then um, I guess probably my favorite meme, because for so fucking long, we haven't been able to say this, but Death at his little claw machine finally got Henry Kissinger. Thank God. Well, you know, people... Uh, I fucking a lot of, hate Kissinger. A lot of people did. <laughs> we won't go there. I mean, that was like even, so. like like John Oliver. Like here, here's a meme I absolutely adore this year. And John and John Oliver actually mm-hmm. did do a Kissinger thing where he was kind of laughing. It was kind of funny. Uh, but um, one of my favorite things that happened this year is that you know John Oliver is very very influential on the internet, and he found out about. 10. Fish and Game in Australia, I think is the name of the organization, something like that. They do the uh, Bird of the Year, but they were having a Bird yeah. of the Century yes. uh, competition. And so he actually sponsored a bird, the Pataki Tucky, which is this uh, crane. It's kind of cute. And, and, you know, he what, like, he... Like they won, like they advertised in other countries and are in 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 other states and 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 thousands and thousands and thousands of people voted and the Pataki Tucky won like like four times more landslide. than all the others combined like a landslide. But all of that is amazing. Mm-hmm. But what's even but what's more amazing? This is what makes us happy. First of all fuck ton of donations went to that company, uh, that organization. And that yep. is great. Um, uh, you know, conservation groups got that notice. And the other thing is, is the, um, the people that make the ornaments for the, for the, uh, that celebrate the, <laughs> the win every year made the one have a detachable John Oliver on its back. <laughs> that Excellent. is such a happy ending to that story on so many levels and uh, I just those memes were funny and they showed a lot of the stuff that was happening all over the net like people were you know like you know campaigning when when the the birds lost one of the birds on the internet was like poking at John Oliver's face 
Um, there was that one, one of the, uh, what was it? It was a parrot uh, for some, like a mascot of some sports team took a press conference to, <laughs> about his loss. And yeah, they, like, they, they had a press conference to concede the election right. of the Brutecki Techie. It was oh, hilarious. Genius. Oh my God! It was just—it's just like the every. It was like an international joke that everybody enjoyed, and then it just kind of made me happy that the world could come together like that still sometimes. <laughs> so here we are. So it couldn't do that without memes in the internet. It's all related, yeah. and, you know. So no doubt. what about you, Nathan? Do you have any? I know that probably Aaron has more memes, but do you have any memes? That you um, I made a point of being on social media as little as humanly possible this year, so I missed a lot mm-hmm. of the memes. Um, it yeah, I have my reasons, but what I really enjoyed because while I was going down my uh, analog horror rabbit hole in the in the wake of going to see Skinnerink, was about the same time the grimace shake thing was happening, yeah. <laughs> and so like. It was creeping into like the horror corners of YouTube and and various oh. other sites, and like it was really that was probably my favorite because some of those were really fun. Some of them were actually kind of creepy too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of creative kids with a lot of time in their hands out there. So it's <laughs> so true. Here, here. What else, Aaron? Do you have any other memes that you want to bring up? Um, there is a, one other one. Uh, the serving cunt thing was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, Americans uh, are kind of afraid of the C word. And uh, one of the things on, on my favorite uh, things, events, has, has a little tie in there. But, yeah, serving cunt was kind of fun. And, and I'm all for Americans, you know, getting the fuck over that word and just using it. Here, here. Okay. <laughs> okay. On that yeah. note. All right. So we talked <laughs> about memes. We talked about music. What else should we talk about? What's another TV? Are we ready for TV? Or do sure. we want to? Let's begin to do TV. Um, TV. We saw this year. <laughs> I couldn't remember half the thing to watch this year. Uh-huh. Uh, but then it started coming to me. I started listing things off, and the things that were coming to my mind was a lot of stuff. I didn't watch anything that was new. A lot of there was only two exceptions to that. One was Poker Face with uh, Natasha Leone on Peacock. I watched that, mm-hmm. um, and that was new, and that was actually pretty good. It's a murder mystery, and I love Natasha Leone anyway, so uh, it was a very easy binge for me. But but most of the stuff that we I watched was was either spinoffs or like you know seasons. Uh, so that would include like uh, Generation V, for example. Right. Uh, um, and uh, what was it? The half season of Chucky that exists and The Invincible, uh. Uh, which is only a half season. Also, it was a lot of half. There's only four there. episodes, man. That was that. that uh... I've got one on my show that only has three episodes. Okay. So frustrating, (laughs) right? You know. um, We also watched. We also watched a really strong season, in my opinion, of what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows? Yeah. And it's on my list. 
Yay. So, uh, good. We can talk about that more in detail in a few minutes. So, yeah, well, I almost forgot what, what you do in the shadows. Why would I forget that? Uh, so, it was just such a, uh, Asoska, which, uh, Asoska, I never say it right. Asoka. Asoka, <laughs> watch Asoka. Uh, you know, that yeah. was, that was new, but once again, it was another Star Wars thing. Yeah, but it was, uh, it was the most Star Wars feeling Star Wars thing that we've had in a yeah. long time. Oh my God, I enjoyed the fuck out of that. Yeah, that was yeah, good let's, stuff. Let's, let's talk about that. Um, is it going, do you think, um, it it did okay. It didn't do amazing, but it did okay ratings wise. And overall, Disney's in a massive slump. Do you think it's going to affect more Star Wars stuff? Do you think we'll get a second season? I I feel like we will. We definitely had the setup for one, but uh, more importantly, it did the ratings. Um, so. You know, things are in flux right now. There are a bunch of shows that we were promised back when and movies that we were promised that aren't happening. And, yeah, you know, every fucking other month it feels like there's another Kathleen Kennedy is is on the way out, which half of that shit I just think comes from uh, fucking spoiled little incels who... who probably couldn't talk to a woman if they tried uh, in real life. Um, yeah, Ahsoka was solid. We we finally got um, live-action Thrawn, and there's just so much you can do with that character. We, we only really uh, just brushed what that character can be like. Uh, uh, like the books, way more intense. Like a, a an evil or... Uh, morally ambiguous uh, Sherlock Holmes. He, he's a badass. And we didn't really scrape that here. You got a little bit more of it in um, Star Wars Rebels, which, you know, the big joke, of course, in the Star Wars community is that Dave Filoni, who has recently been made head of creative uh, for Star Wars, thank God, um, is basically just doing Clone Wars and Rebels season umpty ump. But I'm okay, okay. with that because I that. love <laughs> Yes, please, give him the money. Let him do that. Yeah, but uh, as, as, cool as, the Mandalorian. As, cool as, as cool as Thrawn is, I was more excited that we finally entered the Night Sisters into the yes. live-action realm of Star Wars. Although we didn't do it on uh, Dathomir, we we kind of left there, which is okay. I mean, like you say, I'm really glad we're getting the Night Sisters. But you know, why are we always on fucking Tatooine, yo? Dathomir, yo. But you know, other than that, <laughs> it's I, cheaper because it's cheaper because it's cheaper to shoot in the desert. <laughs> apparently, yeah. apparently that's the the reason. But you know, I'm not going to complain. Because I am really happy. I'm I'm happy where we are, uh, Andor. I'm happy where we are, Obi Wan. There's talk of getting more. Um, uh, the best thing for me personally in uh, Ahsoka is we finally got Darth Vader becoming Darth Vader. Episode three to me mm-hmm. was you put Anakin in the suit after he got all angry and sad and emo. 
And that's not really the birth of the Dark Lord of the Sith, yo. And we we touched on a little bit in Obi-Wan the series. We got a little bit of it, and I loved what they gave us, but they fully, full-on gave us Anakin and Anakin the Dark Lord of the Sith slash Darth Vader in Ahsoka. And I will be fucking forever grateful for that. And also, I should mention (laughs) that I met the young lady playing Ahsoka um, in person at because uh, she's hawking a celebrity tequila right now, and she is fucking chill and gorgeous in person. Um, it's one thing I found interesting about Ahsoka. I thought it looked a lot like a Miyazaki movie. Like, mm. like David yeah. Filoni was ripping like actual shots. Like <laughs> I showed Nathan for the first time uh, Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind. He'd never seen it, but I wanted him to see it because there's a shot with the star whale thingies that's straight out right. of the cover of VHS of the DVD of Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind. Yeah, it was it was, it was the, same shot. the exact same shot. The shot where uh, Ahsoka's standing on the wing and the yeah. the space was it that's like 100% a recreation of a shot from that movie. Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. yeah. And, and David Filoni is a Miyazaki nerd apparently. So like all of us, but um, yeah. Yeah, at least, so um, yeah. We, uh, that, so that was a pleasant surprise. Actually. I, I actually no connection to rebels. Uh, and so I wasn't actually paying attention to it at first, but then I started getting more and more into it. And you know, got invested. So, but the Star Wars thing is still weird. So. I'm gonna get you to watch Clone Wars and Rebels eventually. <laughs> I've watched some of it. I've watched oh, it's so good. It. I know I've watched some of it, so it's all good. I'm um, I'm not. Wait. I just haven't watched. I you know I don't know. It's something about the TV stuff isn't to me. I don't. Have, there's a lot of Star Wars out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of time. Oh yeah. Speaking of Disney properties, I saw a really interesting announcement today regarding the second season of What If. Oh. The the way that they're premiering it, and I want to get y'all's opinion on this because I kind of like this format. Uh, season two is premiering on December twenty second, with a new episode every day for the next nine days. Instead of doing oh. the what you know a show a week thing, which has yeah. become super popular, or the k- entire season at once thing, which I, is my preferred way, they're doing an episode a day for nine days. What do y'all think of that model? That's actually kind of an interesting idea. So I, I'm, we'll see. I'm in. I'm 100 percent in. Sounds mm. awesome. Cool. Yeah, I've I, I heard that. I'm like. That's a that's a very interesting way of doing. I haven't seen anything rolled out that way, and I think it could be really smart and really good for ratings. So I, I think I think Disney might have a be on to a really good idea there. Well, uh, they need something to snap themselves out of it. Um, so get it, wake up. But you know what? They've had slumps before, and this is even as bad as some of the stuff that happened to them in the eighties. So I, I, you know, mm. I'm not that worried about Disney that much. As a matter of fact, um, our Raven could not be here tonight. She's uh, about to actually um, she's going to be in your part of the world going to Disneyland in a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, so you should talk to her about to that. see if I, I can hook awesome. up with her. Yeah, it's cool. So uh, she's 
it's at a hotel, I think, somewhere near there. I don't know the details. You'd have to ask her. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's awesome. And she's going to, you know, she's going to have fun doing that. And, uh, you know, the galaxies, I still haven't gone seeing the new, the new ride, the 20-minute one. I forget the name of it. <laughs> but, uh, the... Oh, uh, in, in, uh, in Star Wars Land. Yeah, whatever it is. Okay. I've only I've only done the Millennium Falcon one. I haven't done the other one. Okay. Um, yeah. But, but someday the, I'll get uh, back and get to go. So it's pretty freaking great. The animatronic they have for uh, Hondo, who's one of my absolute favorite characters from Clone Wars and other things, uh, Bad Batch, uh, is pretty next level animatronic. There are times when you're going, is that an actor? Is that uh, a guy in the costume is no, it's an animatronic. It's that freaking good, that next level. Well, um, we're gonna go tomorrow uh, in Pullman Yards, which is one of those fans, those uh, Home Depot, the train depots. They've turned into arts community things. Um, they're oh, doing yeah. the they're doing the Empire Strict Back which is a touring company mm-hmm. that has the official license of Star Wars and strips and does a burlesque nice. show. Yeah, Star Wars so burlesque. Here we Star go. Star Wars burlesque. Look forward to it. That's how we're celebrating Christmas this year. So that was, that's part of Nathan Hamilton's present. I'm taking him to see Well, that. I'm kind of so, like Han Solo, always stroking my own Wookiee. So I approve. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> So, I'm the um, source of all evil, but you can call me Cookie. Yeah. So, um, I will say um, it's not over yet, but I've been really loving this season of Dracula. It's actually one of the best seasons, like one of the most yeah. likable casts I've seen on the show. Uh, last season, cast was at each other's throats. These guys seem to get along great and are actually there to create art and shit, and so that's really cool. Matter of fact, of uh, this episode this week, the Boulay Brothers actually deliberately tried to stir the pot and actually couldn't do it. Uh, so I, I, I'm giving them a lot of credit for being professionals and making art, which is awesome. So, yeah. uh, you know, and there is some romances and shit going on. They're, they're just, you know, they, they, they know how to compartmentalize the stuff. Of course, no. It's reality TV. They'll they'll do something to make them all pissy or at each other. <laughs> I don't know, but it, I, I've been happy only, with this year. The only reality show that I think is worthwhile. I, I mean, Natalie loves the the holiday baking shows, and we were watching one just so before we came on. But um, and those are fun. Don't get me wrong. But the only one that really keeps my attention and brings me back to it is uh, the Boulay Brothers. Yeah, no, it, it's it's so good this year. Um, God, I've been really pleased with year. it. I know you did, you did. That's so cool, and I've met them once before. They're awesome. So yeah, and so that's so Blue Brothers are one of our favorite things. They always are, though. I mean, they're kind of default that way. I love them to death. I actually am working. I ha- I'm collecting enamel pins. I have a a, a jean jacket now. And I have a Boulay Brothers pin for the jean jacket. So, Ooh, and, that and reminds I also, me of a new address. I, I, I need I'll, your new address offline. Okay, I'll I'll give that to you. And 
Also, I have um, I I do have a bunch of the uh, enamel pins from San Diego Comic Con, but the only one that's on the jacket right now is the one you gave me, Aaron, with the Golden State. It's the only one on my jacket right now. So, cause that, that yeah, I love that thing. So <laughs> it's the only one on it. I also wore I wore that as part of my Orange Cassidy costume on my birthday. To see AEW. Um, that was actually one of my favorite things as well. But we will talk about that at the back half. Um, we will probably talk about wrestling at the end, and then Aaron does not have to stay for the wrestling part. But it's only <laughs> ten o'clock. It is early. Uh, so let's see. Uh, what do we want to talk about next? We got more TV to talk about, or do we want to choose subjects, or what do we want to do? I want more TV. Oh, yeah, let's talk TV. All right, let's talk some more TV. Talk some TV. Go ahead, and Aaron. I've been rambling, so you can talk some TV. No, I don't think you've been rambling at all. Um, I have a bunch of animated shit on my list. Um, I'm throwing the Venture Brothers. Radiant is the blood of the baboon heart in there, even though it's technically a straight to video, whatever. Um, I guess this is also a time to mention that um, Venture Brothers. Archer and Metalocalypse had some really good stuff that unfortunately normally we would have celebrated and feted and talked with the actors and the the people behind the scenes at Comic-Con, but there was a fucking strike. So uh, it it really saddens me that uh, the venture, I think Radiant is the Blood of the Baboon Heart, which is a freaking mouthful, would have done a lot better and gotten more critical notice if there'd been a Comic-Con behind it. Ditto for the last season of Archer. Um, We may or may not get more Venture Brothers, but what they did with Raiden is the Blood of Baboon Heart um, was really solid. Um, For a a final episode, um, I think they stuck the landing, and I really enjoyed it. Have have either of you seen it? No, I haven't. I wish I had. Uh, it's, it's worth it. It is worth it um, if you get the chance. Um, the other one um, animated that's new on my list is Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Have hey, y'all how is seen that? that yet? How is no? I, I really I, enjoyed I, it. Um, I, I've heard things about it. We had a little incident here in L.A. where somebody tried to burn down a freaking freeway bridge so the night i was going to go see uh the makers of scott pilgrim takes off and get autographs from edgar wright i got there late so i didn't get it i was able to go back to revenge of which uh, if you're in la can't recommend enough they are a fabulous comic book store they're constantly doing events if we didn't have a show tonight i would be there right now at the signing for the alternates which is a spinoff of the comic book that Patton Oswalt and Jordan Bloom did uh, that is fucking amazing, and I'm surprised didn't win a, a ton of awards last year. But um, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off does have Edgar Wright behind the scenes. He doesn't actually direct any of the episodes. And it's um, kind of sort of a retelling of the movie, but heavily influenced by the 
very heavily manga-influenced comic book to make its own thing. And uh, as always with an Edgar Wright project, the music is bomb. And I really enjoyed it. And Natalie watched it with me, and she's a fan of the movie, and she really enjoyed it too. I, I recommend. Okay, excellent. What about you, Nathan? Do you have another one to throw in? Um, I, I don't have any more TV to throw in, actually. Oh, okay. Because I okay. didn't watch much TV this year. Um, oh, okay. I, I watched lots and lots of movies and not a lot of TV. <laughs> I, I have a couple more I could do really quick. Yeah, go for Don't it. at us. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, we had a musical episode, the first one ever in the Star Trek universe. And oh, it God. was fun. Haters, haters going to hate. Who cares? Um, the <laughs> overarching thing with what the fuck is up with uh, Christopher Pike's destiny um, is still really intriguing to me. And even though... This was sold to the fans as an old-school TOS-style episodic show with not a big arc. The arc is pretty fucking great. Uh, Lower Decks had a great season. Uh, Moopsie has become a fan favorite uh, because fans are weird. Uh, Moopsie is this really, really cute little fluffy alien creature who drinks bones. And I'll just leave it there. Um, Doctor Who, uh, we got a lead up to a brand new Doctor with three one-hour special episodes, uh, which were kind of like standalone mini-movies. The second one was actually pretty good cosmic horror. Um, So uh, if you're a fan of David Tennant, and who the fuck isn't, you have to see him. Uh, a lot of fans are kind of referring to this as the 10.5 doctor because he's, he's not the 10th doctor. He's, he's a new doctor with the same face. And I, I like this doctor a lot. Um, He's up there with the war doctor for me. Um, And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what the new season is going to look like. Uh, Loki. I really enjoyed. Um, I thought they stuck the landing on that series really well great ending i'm sorry to say they're saying that it might be the last time that we see uh this actor doing loki which is a shame because i freaking love him as loki and taking this series and his appearances in the mcu and, and the first season he might have the best arc of any character in the mcu i defy well. you to come up with a better one it's Tom fucking Hiddleston. And don't tell us the ending. I haven't finished the season I'm not, yet. I'm not. I'm saying okay. nothing. But but watch it. <laughs> um, the other thing, the uh, other two things really quick, Adventure Time, Fiona and Cake. Um, uh, again, it, it's hard to separate the nostalgia for Adventure Time and what's come before. But I, I honestly think this was, on its own merits, a really good little series. And uh, if they were to return this, I don't think they will, but if they were to return to this Fiona and this cake, I would fucking be there in a New York minute. And my absolute favorite series of the year, which I cannot recommend enough, is Blue Eye Samurai. Have either of you seen? 
No, I haven't. Oh, oh my do God. Tell. I, I, do tell. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not going to give away anything, but um, you know how in the 50s and the 60s we we had this uh, uh, term, shoot 'em ups for cowboy films? Mm-hmm. There is an equivalent for sword fight films. And the people who made this saw every fucking one and <laughs> oh, just brilliantly made it their own. And it's animated, and some of it I think might have been rotoscoped, but um, it's oh, so fucking good, almost flawless. And uh, the characters are phenomenal. We just learned this week there's going to be a season two. Uh, we don't know when yet, but I'm over the moon because it is without a doubt my favorite series. And if we're going to talk favorite kills, I could tell you a couple in this, but I don't want to give anything away. Hold that thought for a minute because (laughs) I got to say hi to David, the Uber driver, because Raven uh, wrote in that they are listening. So how are you all doing? Thank you. We appreciate it. If you want to like, um, Direct message your favorite TV show, Raven, and we, if we've seen it, we'll talk yeah. about it for you. And you also said that you were you just saw the Squid Game game show. Did you like that? Anyway, if you know, you know, you can. Where is Blue Eye Samurai streaming? Yeah, where is it? On Netflix. On Netflix. Netflix. Oh, and it is my Netflix. So fucking good. I mean, I don't want to sell it, but. It's so fucking good. Just ridiculous. Uh, well, I'm always good for good sword and sandals, and this sounds like it's like a mashup oh, yeah. of all of that. So, um, coolness. Um, I haven't watched anything I can really throw out at this point that you guys haven't seen. Uh, so, um, well, that's well, good. Speak, right? Speaking of animation, uh, we did have a season of Harley. Yeah, we did. Oh, have yeah, it. That was good. Harley is consistent. Like the the Harley's. I don't think there is a bad episode in any of the Harley seasons. Uh, you know, it, it's really come into its own. Its ratings are phenomenal. Uh, yeah, we're getting another top season. Rated, yeah, like they just keep greenlighting seasons because people are watching that shit. So it's awesome, and I and I'm encouraging please watch Harley. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's such a great character that's gone so many different ways. I mean, I was watching something with another interpretation of Harley recently, and I'm just like, there's so she's so versatile, and you know, it's like you know, the Joker is is one of my favorite characters of all time, and how versatile mm-hmm. he is, and Harley is is equally as versatile, and you think people want to put her into a type. But she can go do almost anything with that character. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, we love, we love her. And so I like what they did with Joker this year. Oh yeah, you know it, mm-hmm. I did too. I mean, I liked all of it. So I like how he's like actually happily married. Yeah. <laughs> it's hysterical. Uh, you yeah. know, he's, he's so cool. And I like, um, I like the twist with the family. I really did. Yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah, I know. Spoiler, minor spoiler, but you know, that was one of my favorite things this year. I was like, oh yeah, they they 
they're they work as a they're a family unit. That's how they stick together, right? <laughs> so uh, a family you know, that plays together stays together. Well, you know, family and and murder go hand in hand because you know we <laughs> who hasn't wanted to try to kill their siblings at least once in their life. Uh, so <laughs> so never. Uh, let's go. Let's 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 change it up a bit and let's talk about things you know and it can go any media um so we'll just throw out like like let's start with the favorite kills of the year uh which us horror geeks like definitely uh have our opinions on uh you know uh it's funny because two years ago my favorite one was from that fear street when they did the bread slicer and it actually ended up winning an award oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah so um I forget what the best kill for Fangoria was this year. Uh, it deserved it. I remember oh, that. Oh, have they announced? Huh? Have they announced have already? Oh, yeah. Months ago. Oh, not wow. Many. I didn't know. No, no, no. Not not, not the upcoming one this year. Uh, 20, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they did that in the spring. Uh, Chainsaws okay. are in the spring. Late, late spring. So, uh, but, um, so... I actually, there's a couple out there that were very good, but there's one in particular most people missed, and I'm going to let Nathan describe it uh, because it is pretty fucking good. Um, and it, it also leads to a movie that a lot of people didn't see that probably should. Which one are we discussing? Because I have, I have a tie for my favorite kill this year. Oh, well, Suitable Flesh. Are you familiar with Suitable Flesh? I haven't seen it, but uh, it's been recommended. It's on my list. Fantastic movie. Um, Heather Graham gives an amazing performance in that, and you know it, it's Barbara Crampton. She's always great. But hell yeah, there's one scene where okay, everyone spoilers, but we see a kill through the backup camera of a car. Oh, nice. Clever. I'm not going to say exactly how it's done, but it's the first time I've ever seen a kill on a backup camera, and they use the possibilities therein to their fullest extent. We'll say that. Yeah, no, it's not like a dash cam nice. shot. It, it's it's really, really funny and awful at the same time, but it is kind of funny. <laughs> so. The other one for my tie was is not funny and actually kind of disturbed me a little bit which is not easy to do um have you seen when uh, when evil lurks not yet uh okay. again, on the list. then i'm not going movie. to give anything away <laughs> but you'll, you'll know it when you see it okay um best kill it could go there's actually several scenes where best kill could go to evil when evil lurks that's all i have to say about that uh, we when we do movies, it will come up. Let's just put it that way. Uh, nice. So yes, so definitely you might want to watch it when you have a chance. Um, I'm trying to think of all the kills. There was what else? Do you have Do you have one, Aaron? Yeah, but I don't want to give away shit uh, from uh, Blue Eye Samurai. I will say that. Um, there is a a scene in her past life with relatives that is fucking brutal and amazing. And when uh, our, our, our protagonist samurai 
uh, deploys the secret weapon, it gets seriously badass. And uh, as well as there being plenty of uh, good uh, katana wakasashi kills. Well, um, you don't have to give all the kills away. I mean, we want people yeah. to discover them exactly. as well. Um, but, you know, there's it's always for horror geeks. It's one of the things that, you know, we always want to look for. Um, well, if you're a fan would... of the kills in, in samurai films, like with sprays of blood and all yes. that, like I said, these people know their shit. They have seen... Uh, Lady Snowblood, Lady Vengeance, and all those, and there are nods that are pitch perfect. And again, just trust me. I'll I'll double the the price of what they charge you to watch it if if you don't think it's amazing. Guarantee. Uh, oh my goodness. Um, I'm trying to think of all. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm like totally blanking because I had a list and now I can't even remember my own oh. list. You know, so it's it's, all I think good. what we're running into here with our favorite kills is we might have to save that for the movie episode because oh. we don't want to give anything away. Good yeah, because I wanted to say one of my favorite. It's not a single kill, but I would say the, the my favorite movie that used kills as a tool was Infinity Pool. And uh, not that the movie itself was great, but what they did with murder was a very interesting concept and idea. And the movie itself has, Mm. it's not probably going to make my top 10, but it would definitely make like my top 15, top 20 of the year. Uh, And, uh, and partially because of the way it works, it uses death in the movie. Uh, So uh, if you want to watch something really weird, subversive, uh, it's, it's worth your time. It absolutely is. Uh, So, (laughs) Let me put that on my list. Yeah, Infinity Pool is up. But as you'll hear when we do our movie things, Cronenberg didn't actually make the best Cronenbergian movie this year. So, No, he didn't. There were some movies that are more Cronenberg than Cronenberg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but there was also TV deaths, too. I mean, it was like, all you know... Chucky's always good for some good death scenes. Oh, well, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I liked how last year's season ended with a Christmas episode, and I thought that was pretty cool. So, And Chucky's, one of Chucky's favorites is one of my favorite words, of course, and we see Chucky often use defenestration. (laughs) He hasn't done that yet this season, though. He hasn't thrown anybody out a window. Give him time. <laughs> Building up, he'll get there. Uh, let's see. You know what? I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this. Uh, talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. I got coffee. I got talk. I can't do both. Apparently, uh, uh, I would, so... I've got something I would like to call out as one of okay. my favorite things. This year. Yeah. Um. It's. Actually, and I'd like to hear from you too, Aaron, because you, of course, live in a different area than we do. It's probably my favorite recur, my favorite recurring live event. There's a weird echo at the moment, but um, yeah, I heard it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but my my favorite recurring live event in Atlanta, something we attended quite a few times this year, and I had a great time at every time, is the Silver Scream Spook Show. 
Oh, it, right on. It, it, it is movie related, but it's also it's more than that. It's uh, Professor Morte, who's played by Shane Morton, who is a um, special effects artist, a uh, friend of mine, and he actually just got hired onto the art department for Joe Bob Briggs' show. So congratulations nice. to Shane on that one. But um, he plays an old school horror host named Professor Morte, and they do a stage show related to whatever movie they're showing, and there's you know skits and effects and magic tricks and monsters and costumes and you know it's it's a lot of fun and right. we've uh-huh. we've had ghosts fly at the camera we had a life-size huh. king kong <laughs> this wow. year we had all kinds of awesome Damn. stuff they did king kong this is your life and godzilla called in <laughs> and we video chatted with him on the big screen it was awesome right on <laughs> And, I mean, this year we saw King Kong there. We saw the Wolfman. We saw the Yokai Spook uh, Warfare. We saw Bride of the Monster, Revenge of the Creature. I mean, they show all kinds of classic movies. And what I love that they do is in the afternoon they do a matinee show for the kids. And then at night they do, you know, a show for the adults. But I've been to the, the afternoon shows, and it's awesome seeing all these kids, like, all amped up to see monsters and it's, no it's so cool looking at the next generation like going to see and it, you know they're going to see the old school shit which you know that's awesome and i'm really glad that the spook show it's in its it, it's uh 12th year i believe it is of running and what? it runs out of the, the plaza theater in atlanta the oldest yeah, theater, the oldest we've, theater still we've still got and it yeah. is it's it's a treasure i I'm so glad that it exists. So the Silver Scream Spook Show, if you're ever in or around Atlanta when you find out one of these is happening, definitely go. And it's it's my favorite recurring live event in Atlanta. It is pretty fun. And, well, we're all fans of horror hosting, so we encourage that shit all the way. And Shane's now uh, one of the um, the art department. Shane Morton, the one that runs it. What is that? Uh, (laughs) Shane Morton runs Are you giving me that too? Yeah, I am. Uh, Silver Screen Spook Show, um, what I was trying to say when I was so interlude by God or whatever, uh, he's now in the art art department for Joe Bob Briggs' show, The Last Drive-In. So it's so cool. And he also helped with the the last year's Christmas Yule Log, um, the the scary horror one that was on Network last year, I think it was. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah, an Adult so. Swim show called Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell? Oh, yeah. He was, he was head of the it. department on that show. Oh, nice. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's incredibly talented. Like, he, he does an amazing home haunt every year. And uh-huh. the, the, joke, the joke is always, yeah, he, he threw that up Thursday. <laughs> like, <laughs> ridiculously talented dude, but he's, he, he's fighting the good fight. So. Yeah, he is. All right. I think we're uh, being joined by another sexy witch. Hello, 971. You're on with the sexy witches. Ahoy, ahoy. What's up, bitches? I mean, witches. Hey, how you doing? You were right the first time. Hey, girl, hey. Thank you. Um, I just got to the Anaheim Hotel. I'm getting ready to go to Disneyland tomorrow. What's up? That sounds awesome, and and we're glad you're doing fun things. And thank you for calling in and having uh, and spending some of your time with us as always. 
Of course. Uh, we yeah. are running <laughs> out of things to talk about. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. Thank David, my Uber Uber driver, because he got my ass over here really fast. Honk <laughs> honk. Thank you, David. Yeah. Thank you, David. David rocks. We were talking about Star Wars like half the time. It was awesome. Excellent. So. And then we turn on the show. <laughs> what a coincidence! So are we. <laughs> so why don't you? Uh, you're you're a little behind on us, so I think. We're going to have you catch up in the next five minutes or so. Can you do that? Five, ten minutes? Yeah. Um, yep. We're going to do music first, then memes, and then TV is where we're, we're at TV right now and, and special oh, events. So oh, when you start at the beginning and when you get to the end, stop. Show me um, what you got. <laughs> can I do video games instead of music? Because I spent so much time playing video games that came out this oh. year. Sure, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I couldn't name you a song that came out this year, sadly. Oh, <laughs> I know. I, I, uh, but let me tell you, Little Nightmares 2, bitchin', um, went back and played Little Nightmares 1, and Little Nightmares 3 is being uh, made right now. It should be out at the beginning, uh, I think quarter one of next year. And it's a puzzle plat- platformer uh, where you're like this faceless, creepy kid going through very creepy places like orphanages without um, electricity. And there's creepy dolls and weird music. And it's scary. It's scary to play by yourself. Um, right I love those kind of games. I also played Stray, where you get to be a cat. Oh, how Hello. is that? It's so fun. Some of the platforming is. Yeah, so um, I I think. I seriously thought about getting that for Natalie. I really did. Oh, yeah. So I think there's a lot more platforming than I was expecting at first. So um, my dad's actually playing it through now, and I'm his uh, navigator if he gets too lost. Uh, but he's playing on his PC, and I'm noticing, like, if you don't have, like, a plug-in for an actual controller, it's a little hard to do some of the physical puzzles. Um, but it's really clever. Um, not quite as funny as something like Portal, but as well thought out in its writing. Um, the movement makes sense. There's a meow button um, which isn't just to meow. Sometimes you're meowing to make a distraction. Sometimes you're meowing to get another um, someone else's attention. And uh, sometimes you're just doing it for fun. And I did it so much that at 100 meows, I got an achievement. Like you can get an achievement for just being a cat. It's great. Nice. Um, <laughs> My one my one sad point about Stray is that you can't choose what cat you get to be. Um, oh. And in the beginning, you're kind of in this little shelter outside, like a little cave with your, I'm guessing, your family, right? And you get to snuggle with all of them, and that would be a really great time to pick your cat. But no, you are stuck with the ginger, whether you like it or not. Oh. Um, he, he did me well. He was great. I'm not saying it, there are any bad cats, but it, it could be fun to, you know, be able to to create your cat, I think, would be a, a wonderful part of the game. 
<laughs> so it, you're just a ginger and you don't have any choice in it at all. You don't. Right. Uh, just like, just like in real life. So, you know, three <laughs> points for, <laughs> for being accurate there. Yeah. Um, yeah, those were, those were probably the ones that I liked the most, um, out of what I've been playing recently. I'm also playing an independent point and click detective adventure that came out this year called Kathy Rain and it's on Steam for like I think I paid four or five dollars for it. And the game time is expensive. It's quite mm. hard. I'm on day three and at this point I'm getting achievements where it says one point five percent of the players have gotten this achievement and the achievement is made it to day three. So it is really what? It's really difficult, and you can't – so far I haven't noticed something where you save a game and you're like, oh, I'm fucked because I already saved. Um, however, if you miss one thing, the day can't progress. Sometimes it's calling someone on a phone. Sometimes it's calling someone on a phone from a specific location so they know where you're calling from. And that, I mean – that was all day one, and that took me like 20 hours to figure out. So it's hard, but it's rewarding when you figure out what to do. Um, so I'm only on like day four of it. I don't know how many days there are, but it, the main character is a leather jacket, chain smoking. Uh, well, she's not a leather jacket. Leather jacket wearing, chain smoking, atheist. And um, it's pretty funny. Like there's a lot of things that you can just do that are arbitrary um, you can just stand outside and smoke for no reason. There is <laughs> the funniest achievement and saddest achievement I've gotten is she's interviewing this homeless guy outside of a hospital. And I, just out of frustration of, like, I don't know what to do next. I'm going to use all my items, right? Maybe I can muscle through it. I had her light a cigarette in front of this guy, and he's like, hey, um, I'm going through stage three lung cancer. Can you not smoke around me? And then I get oh. an achievement that says, smoked around hobo Harry or something like that. Oh. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, it's kind of harsh like that. But it's yeah. it's oh. fun if you're kind of into those uh, old school point and click adventures. Okay. Awesome. So, um, what about how memes? about how- what about memes? Memes. Oh. Gosh. Uh, what did everybody else say? Maybe you'll think of maybe you'll help me think of one. We talked uh, about the whales attacking people. Um I like oh, the memes. Yeah, yeah. The, Chinese, the, the spy saddle, Chinese spy balloon. Grimace shakes. Uh, grimace shakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I might have to circle back. I might have to circle back to that one. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Nothing's hitting me. All right. Well, I know you always have some healthy dose of television in there. Absolutely. And um, you had asked about the Squid Game game show. Yeah. I did watch that. They just had the finale. Um, the poor winner had to wait ten months from doing the show to the show airing. Um, before, you know, they could tell anybody or even start the process of receiving this huge prize of a, I think it was like $4.31 million. Jeez. Now, the opening scene is so impressive. They recreated 
red light, green light. They made a new doll that sings the red light, green light song, and her head turns. Everyone's wearing motion sensors, and they have ink packs um, that are squibs. So oh. <laughs> if the doll turns and it's red light, and you think you're not moving a muscle, the computer will go, hey, you are moving a muscle, and will explode your ink pack, and then you have to drop down dead. Damn. And it starts with as many people as were in the TV show. So it's a, it is a clusterfuck at first. There's wow. so many people. It's almost like a prison riot anytime food comes out. People are stealing each other's food prizes. They're like... Uh, they're really harsh at first, and then something crazy happens. People start trying to game the game, and instead of playing against each other, they start playing with each other, and it's really quite heartwarming. Um, as as it progresses, it happens way differently than it happened on the show. If you recall the finale of Squid Game, it's just two people punching each other for 45 minutes. <laughs> and it's a different outcome here, thankfully. Uh, but it, I, I found it very engrossing. Um, and then after watching that, Netflix recommended something called The Devil's Lair, which is a South Korean... Oh, yeah. Uh, game show kind of but it's more like a weekend of larping only the larping is super 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 nerdy um and there's i think they start with 12 different contestants and most of them are south korean but there's one contestant who is a gamer from canada who moved to korea when he was eight um and they play all these really difficult games like one game is there's a hexagon and every square or every <laughs> hexagon, hexagonal shape in the hexagon has a number. You get to look at this for 90 seconds, and then they turn over so you can't see the numbers anymore, these pieces. So now they are letters. And then the game host will go, the goal is 19, and you have to name three letters that add up to 19 without looking at the numbers because you don't have access to them anymore. So you have to, these people are memorizing full hexagons that are like a string of 20 numbers to 30 numbers. And if you guess wrong, you lose a point. (laughs) And if someone doesn't answer for 90 seconds, they make the new hexagon, stuff like that, where it's like, I couldn't even, I'd be out in five seconds on any one of these games. These people are insanely smart. Um, so it's it's on a much smaller scale. It's all inside a house, um, and it's a lot more intimate kind of puzzle solving. Um, but I found it pretty engrossing too. I um, definitely felt a connection to the players, and I I thought, what a great idea for a weekend with friends. You could totally create something like this, um, just among nerdy people you know (laughs) and do these kind of survival games that are in such a weird specific um subgenre of gaming i've I've never seen anything like this i don't know if i'm just out of the loop but i think people that like tabletop gaming 
logic games, they would really be into this. And maybe a little, if you got a little LARPer in you, that would probably help too. See, I've seen but, movies yeah, like that, and getting your friends together for a weekend with survival games often goes very, very wrong. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Maybe you take your enemies. <laughs> See, I like that idea better. <laughs> yeah, so I've kind of been on the in the reality side of things as far as TV watching goes. It's been easy to multitask, too, and they repeat so many things that... It, there's recaps enough that if you miss something, you'll get caught up. So I've been watching Masked Singers from all over the world. Because um, I'm up to date with the U.S. one. I'm up to date with the U.K. one. I'm one season from being up to date with the Australian one, which is my oh. favorite so far. The Australian Masked Singer is amazing. It is fantastic. And it's like a weird fever dream of a different world, like a different timeline where Nick Cannon is this frosted tips Australian guy who's like, bang every five seconds. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but I was worried, like I wouldn't know any of the celebrities, but damn, a lot of people were working there. And so they went to go do Masked Singer too. Fucking Catherine Jenkins was one of the singers and was hiding the fact that she was an opera singer until the very last song. So nobody had any idea who she was. It's stuff like that. It's really interesting. They do a, a much better job at disguising their voices in the international ver- versions. It's kind of interesting. Um, but if you have a VPN, you can watch on ITV all the UK ones. But Daily Motion has a bunch of lesser quality files if you can't find anything as fancy as you want. They're at least That's there. a lot of brain damage there. <laughs> I'm not saying it, it, it's junk food, and there's nothing wrong with junk food, but that's a lot of junk food. Yeah, well, I'm doing other things, though. I'm not, like, just drooling in front of the TV going, like, mask, mask. Like, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm cleaning my room or doing laundry or, like, it's a good multitasking show. Well, I, um, I, and I Sitting down and that. watching it would probably give me a stroke. But, yeah, yeah no, <laughs> I see what I, you're well, saying. <laughs> I, I have often there's pro wrestling in the background, and actually it's very good for cleaning house and folding laundry. I fold laundry and watch people wrestle. It's kind of a thing. Right. So yeah. I get it. You know, I totally get it. We're currently uh, but, we're currently in the process of unpacking from a move, so good background entertainment is worth its weight. Sure. Gold. Yeah, uh, for time, sure. Last time we unpa- had a major unpacking, we actually streamed a bunch of 1980s sword and sandals movies on Tubi. And I want nice. to say, again, uh, for television, movies, and whatever, uh, shout out to fucking Tubi TV. They are still the Word. best ad supporter film, and they have all of the FP movies. So, anyway, carry on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I have spoken. Um, I think those were the main ones that that popped into my head when I'm thinking about, like, what what gave what did I give most of my attention to in these genres and subgenres? Um, and yeah, I, I've had some interesting movies, but 
the TV is really, I've been noticing, I've been focused, like hyper-focused a bit on international competition shows. <laughs> well, you know, it's a hobby. Oh, I guess. weird. You know. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Nice work if you can get it. Uh, you know, sounds like it's fun. Uh, you know, uh, I would watch more Netflix, but my Netflix keeps crashing. Like, I've tried to watch this movie Ugh. called The Platform on Netflix, like, multiple oh. times. I've seen the opening of that movie probably more than some other, like, maybe other entire lengths of films. I mean, I've seen it that many times and not gotten through it because my app keeps crashing. So Yeah. Uh, I've, I've and, still got a new season of Big Mouth to watch. So, you know. I know. You know? <laughs> so it's like, uh, did we talk about Gen Z? I don't know. You, you you mentioned it briefly. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, I don't think it's as good as the boys, but I like that there are more move, TV shows in that universe. So I wanted to give a shout out to that. Um, nice. But I'm, I'm trying to think. Did you guys? This really it. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, did you guys talk about the most recent season of Only Murders in the Building? I have never seen any of it. So no. Holy shit balls. Get in on it, girl. Every season keeps getting better and better. The guest stars get better and better. We have fucking Meryl fucking Streep. We have Matthew Broderick. We have who else is in Paul Rudd. Like <laughs> it it reminds me of how Angela Lansbury used to hire all her friends so that they could remain in the Screen Actors Guild and make their minimum hours so they could get health care. It feels like the same thing is going on with Only Murders. Like, there's so many freaking guest stars every episode. Um, It it reminds me of those old detective shows from that era. There's a Columbo kind of um, angle to it because Steve Martin's character is an actor who played a Columbo type and that's um you know what he's most proud of and what he talks about the most um so there's that aspect to it but um you know the first season is kind of making fun of the podcast serial and Tina Fey plays the podcaster that would have been Sarah Koenig um and she does a really amazing Sarah Koenig impersonation. Uh, Cecily Strong did a really great one when they were doing a serial SNL sketch. And I was like, no one can do it better than Cecily Strong. But Tina Fey does a pretty good one, too. So there's, like, extra layers of jokes if you're a true crime nerd at all. Um, and, yeah, it's just, you know, Steve Martin, Martin Short, what more do you want? There's a very good excuse to do musical theater songs in this season because (laughs) Martin Short's character is directing um, Death Rattle, the musical, but I can't remember the sub line to it. It's pretty funny, but Meryl Streep is in the musical. And Steve Martin has to sing a show-stopping patter song in it, um, which when they finally get to the full song in one of the last episodes, it is so worth the wait. And I'm like, I want to see a tour of Death Rattle. It looks amazing. And so now they're doing live theater, but filming for TV, but making it look like live theater is happening within the world of TV. Like the, 
it's really clever. The the writing is clever, and I never figure out what's happening until the last episode. So it's not like the whole time I'm going, ah, I know what's up. I generally do not because they're really clever at fighting um, the reasons the bad guy is the bad guy. But, yeah, check it out. It's on Hulu. It's so good. Yeah, I, 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 it's one of those things on my list, and I just haven't watched it yet, but I've, I've yeah. never heard anybody say anything negative about it at all. Yeah. So This season I, was, was the strongest, I think, and um, it gets stronger every year, which is not common, you know. Usually season one is like the standout, and people strive to like yeah. at least make that level, and they just keep raising the bar every season. During the madness, I rewatched what we do in the shadows, and I couldn't believe how strong they were right from the jump. But, yeah, uh, yeah, that's so another well show formed. that I think is for me. Yeah, amazing. Just hit the ground and ran, and just kept running season after season with that show. Yeah, that's so true. A lot of times you'll go back to season one and you'll go, "Wow, I forgot when that character was like that," because the actor hasn't found their footing yet. But there's mm-hmm. no character changes. They were so solid and um, just complete characters from the beginning. Nice. And is it's and yet we still learn new things about them. Like every season, there's something new oh, yeah. about their past. And it, right. it, it, yeah. And and it's not even exposition. It ends up becoming part of the story, and it, it's great, you know. Yeah, it all makes sense. There's no retconning, uh, so you yeah. know we're good about that. Which retconning can be a a, a thing. Uh, so very slippery slope. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I will say retconning wise, though, um, a TV show that did sur- that surprised me survived what it went through this year was Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty yeah, had right. a huge bump in the road when they lost half of their creative team. And uh, you have, other than a, one or two episodes, I was like, they're okay. Uh, the season's been pretty solid this year. I'm, I'm, I'm relieved and happy to still have it uh, in my life. So Word, yeah. yeah the All voice, right, my gang, uh... I got to run, dude. Oh, oh. I gotta start getting ready for uh, my I, my friends coming from the airport and. Uh, well, is there anything? I haven't else even you had breakfast say? yet. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, is there anything else you want to say before you go off air? And then uh, we will say happy holidays to you, and you we will do our top ten films sometime in January, uh, the Wednesday after, usually after Oscar announcements. Uh, is when I usually do that, so I'll get that date too soon. So thank you for coming on your very busy, yeah. awesome, fun schedule, Raymond. Yes. Uh, yeah, just uh, love you guys. Hope you have wonderful holiday things. And, um, yeah, uh, just stay cool, queerdos. <laughs> here, here. I'll see you at the park. All right, sounds good. I would love to see you here. Message me. I'll Absolutely. tell you where I am. It's a deal. Okay. All right. Love you guys. Love you too. Love you guys. Happy holidays. Right. Merry bells keep ringing. <laughs>
happy holidays. Anyway, so. <laughs> so anyway, that was awesome. Right, right that was festive in. as fuck. Well, I know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, ultimately, I'm going to have to say that because uh, let's wrap up the the pop culture talk here, and then we're going to talk a little wrestling, and then call it a night. Um, is that it's going to be Godzilla, like like Godzilla. Ah. Like this this Christmas has been nothing but Godzillas and and I am all on board for it. A good Godzilla good movie. Godzilla. Everybody on the internet is talking kaiju. Uh you know, it's it's um it's you know, the critics are loving it. It's the top uh was it the number one Godzilla film? Uh, er, top yep. earner now, and it's also the top Japanese language film. film in America. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty big. Uh, so uh, it, so I'm just happy that people. Yeah, I, I'm a huge Godzilla fan, and I know you know like Nathan. It is also matter of fact. We have both have the same kaiju like our DVD sets. We have the same box set. Um, right, and but. But but we can't sell one of them because one of them is DVD and the other one is Blu-ray. So they're slightly different. Yep. So we, we gotta have, keep both. We have, so we have to keep both. <laughs> the show um, era box set. Yeah. Well, actually, one of the things on my uh, best of events this year was the Days of the Dead All Monsters Attack, where I got to sit in on a couple panels with some of the actors who had been in those big rubbery suits and. I got a photo of me with Hurricane Arayu, who was uh, a bunch of different guys, including the big G. And um, he was also King Ghidorah. And he actually signed my um, action figure set. And that was definitely a highlight. Dope. And you got to see a special screening of Godzilla Minus One as well. Oh, so good with a Godzilla expert. Uh, I forget the, the name of the, the author now, but he's written several books, uh, and he gave some really nice insight into the movie. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when we get to talk about Godzilla Minus One, I, I will definitely have things to say because, oh, God, what a great film. Yeah, it, it, you know, I was like, do I even put it on my top ten because it's going to warp everything? So I might end up exercising it and just like opening our January show by just saying oh. Godzilla to our review of Godzilla and then doing our, our round robin because we're all going to have it on our list somewhere. At least three of us will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We can't speak for Raven. I disqualified it from mine. I disqualified it from mine because it just wouldn't be fair to every other movie that came out this year. Yeah, See, I went the other direction. I made it all of my top Made it ten. all of them? Yeah. One, two, yeah, yeah, all. It's just ten of them. Just all ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Godzilla! Yeah, we went to Godzilla. We went to see it on the IMAX screen, so we, we got to see Godzilla as big as Godzilla can possibly be yeah. without actually existing. Well, that is next on my list. Oh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, uh, I would say that I'm one thing I am pleased about is that genre actually had a pretty good year overall. 
on television and oh. film. Uh, you know, uh, you had to dig a little harder in the films, but there was some really quality shit there, and TV was just doing its thing this year. There was not a lot of bad TV out there, which is good, except for maybe the Mass Singer, Singer but it sounds like Max Singer is like crack. Once you start, you can't stop. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, it sounds like fun, though, at least to watch it. A little bit, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the, point, the, sh- but, the show we the show we have probably watched more than any this year, just because I always put it on going to sleep is how it's made, which I'm so glad is streaming oh, on Mac. I, I love that show. It's the perfect show to fall asleep to. So that, it's not a show from this year, but it's probably the show I've watched most this year. And that's his oh. like a- ASMR thing. So, uh, though it was cool one day, I woke up in the middle of the night and there was like this pasta factory and it was like, ooh, pasta. <laughs> I was <laughs> to watch the things spin the pasta and move it around. Like, okay, I get it, get it. Do you uh, have that problem you know. that Natalie has when you see something food-wise on TV, you're so susceptible you need to eat it? No, no, no. I, 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 I very much... That badly. I, I like looking at food, and that's cool. I like, now, see, I, uh, the thing is, the thing is, living with a diabetic, she doesn't get pasta much, so she's all pasta. And she's like, oh, Aww. okay. Yeah, uh, there's a few carb <laughs> items that I crave sometimes because I don't get them as awesome. Like he makes these awesome meatballs, and then he puts it on ziti, and you would think that you know it's like giving me a puppy. You know, it's just like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Natalie asked that I, I point out it's the only kind of advertising that works on her. She well, wanted to say I that. See. Okay, I get that. I get that. The so. power of appetite suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, so, uh, it's now the holidays, so uh, before we close out for the night, Erin, uh, what yeah. are you doing for the rest of the year and what's your new year looking like? Um, well, my buddy Sabrina is coming into town from Germany. Um, one of my favorite things last year, she took me to see a couple different um, stand-up performances with Brett Goldstein, and uh, those were definitely on my list. And we usually get up to trouble. We'll go to the park at some point, I know, and uh, hopefully hook up with Raven at the same time. And, uh, oh, uh, we're going to be celebrating Natalie's birthday this week. She Aww. has a birthday tomorrow, and we are going to a really fun uh, Mexican brunch at uh, Frida Cuisine. And there will be many margaritas, I can promise you that. And then uh, we've been doing Hanukkah at home, and uh, uh, so far it's been seven crazy nights of seven crazy Funko Pops, mostly horror, and uh, Christmas with the fam. Uh, we'll do brunch, and then uh, Lynn, Neil, and others uh, will have a, a lovely Christmas dinner, which I'm very looking forward to. And this weekend, we have the Lynn and Neil Johnson family Craptacular, which is an annual event where we watch just the worst Christmas specials, almost all of them animated. Uh, like like Christmas in Ireland, uh, Rankin Bass, and just you know 
horrible and racist and, and fun and get drunk. That sounds like fun. Watch Chris uh, Bam's Twister. Yeah, uh, we, we've been we've been uh, our Christmas is we've been watching a lot of bad Christmas movies. And speaking of which, I did do another podcast with one of my favorite people, Emily Intervia, up in uh, New York City. Uh, she is the feminine critique, and she always does the stocking stuffer episodes. And she's invited me on very graciously again this year. And I got to review a Bruce Campbell movie this time. So oh, and that will. Yeah, it's called uh, My Southern Family Christmas, uh, and it will drop on her uh, podcast on Sunday, I believe. So go have okay. a listen and listen to it all, because the stocking stuffers have become a tradition for me for Christmas to listen to every year, whether I was on the show or not, because it is just so good to listen to people re- uh, review these films, sometimes like with pain, sometimes with love, um, <laughs> all of it funny, all of it looking for tropes, like, you know, Dead Parents is number four on the tropes of the cozy cardigan mm-hmm. Christmas is what we call it. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's amazing uh, looking for empty coffee cup acting, which happens a lot. Believe it or not, it does. It we were, a lot. We were watching It's a Wonderful Knife, which is yep. a new horror movie that just came out on Shutter, And it was hilarious how many of the Hallmark movie tropes we were able to check off in that movie. Yeah. Did they do it on purpose? Like, maybe. <laughs> um, I okay. know that okay. le- last year's Letters to Satan Claus definitely did it on purpose. Oh, that movie's that movie amazing. Is fucking brilliant. And that and Emily actually's show is the one that introduced me to that movie. So uh, the feminine critique. So look up. All right, hang on, hang letters. on. I, I need to add it to the list. Hang on. Yes, you do. <laughs> it, give it to me again. Letters to letters Satan Claus. Letters to Satan Claus. Yes, it's a, it. it's what happens is when the Hallmark movie girl writes the letter to Santa and misspells it as Satan. Nice. It's so We've been good. watching a, a couple of different horror things. We did two of the Black Christmases. Everything I've been reading online is the last one, the third one, is just awful. Is, is it worth watching? Is it, is it good, bad, or just bad, Here's bad? Here's the or? thing. I don't know. Uh, mm. Emily and Christine on their show, uh, uh, Simon Critique, they actually gave it a positive review. But everybody okay. else I've heard pretty much hated it. So I, yeah. I actually haven't seen it yet. So I don't know. I actually haven't seen the last remake. I've only seen the original a lot. <laughs> so. uh, the well, older, the I older like, remake. I, they didn't I stick the did. landing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say that again. No, I was just saying the old, the older remake from the early 2000s. I actually dig that one. I d- dug most of it, but it didn't really stick the landing for me once they got to the hospital. Not to give anything away to right. anyone who hasn't seen it. But someone told me online, I forget who, to check out the extended edition, and they may have said it was like a, a European cut or something, or a director's cut, I don't remember. But uh, it, I liked it enough that I would absolutely go back and look for it. Extended cut. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the case now. Everyone's taking notes here. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're like I said, we're going to Empire Strips back tomorrow, uh, so that's coming up. And uh, 
There's also I, I, there's a couple of lighting displays I want to try to get in while, while Christmas is happening. The one in particular is at the zoo. Uh, we ha- my oh. my evil genius has put in a request to go to the zoo because they got rid of the pandas in DC, and she wants to right. they want to go see the pandas in Atlanta, which is where the here last pandas our, are. And here at our the, LA Zoo, we just got a brand new baby ocelot, and it's so cute, it's ridiculous. I haven't told Natalie yet because you know how she gets with kittens, but she's going to go nuts. Oh, I, I'm already going nuts, but, uh, you know, but uh, they have a big uh, Chinese lantern uh, Christmas display there. Um, so we're going to go oh, to the zoo lights and then goes and the panda house is open. So uh, they said during the during the lights display. So we're going to do that at some point in the future. That's probably the please, most Christmassy thing we're going to do. Please tell me they named their baby Ocelot Babu. No, and I wish, oh. and of course that was the first thing I saw, thought of too, but no, I'm afraid not. Damn it. <laughs> um, can I just briefly uh, say one thing about Famous Monsters Film Festival? Yes. Because that, that was number one on my events for last year, and it was January of last year, and it's stuck with me ever since. That's how much it, I enjoyed it. If you're ever in a place where they're doing the, I guess last year was the first one, and for us, it was at the Chinese Theater, which is, you know, a huge effing screen, and then a whole bunch of little screens all around. Um, uh, just classic universal horror with the luminaries of today's horror talking uh, about movies and introducing them, and it was so fucking good. I, I pray to God we get another one here. Um, and I don't know what the theme is, but um, since uh, Corey from Slipknot took over, bought Famous Monsters, uh, we will be getting more. And, you know, when I was talking to him, I said, so, you know, future themes, what are you thinking? Hammer, Kaiju, you know, where are you going? He said, yeah, any of those would be awesome. I would. So, yeah, I, I can't recommend enough. Pricey? Little bit. Um, I think it was like, Twenty bucks a movie or something, so it was it was a little expensive, but oh my god, it was such a great event. Oh, that's awesome! And thank you, Erin, uh, for sharing your 2023 and your time on Sexy Witches as always. Uh, no matter what, we are going to reconvene in January with our top Woo-hoo. ten because we got to do that. Our top ten films of 2023 um, and Godzilla. Yes, I'll be able to tell you which um, of the new uh, adult Happy Meal uh, McNugget buddies I got by then. Oh, okay. Um, Are you collecting those? No, I am not. I didn't know there was something like that. I I don't set into McDonald's very often. So, uh, Adult Happy Meal McNugget buddies. Look it up. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm terrified, but okay, I'll do you that. Be, yeah. Like, my, well, my okay. evil genius will be here next week, so I'll probably end up at McDonald's Fun. at some point. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use that as an excuse. How's that? Excellent. All right, you have a good evening, 
and we will talk to you in a few weeks. Okay. Good holidays, you two. Giddy up, Jingle Horse. (laughs) (laughs) Be on the other side, Ray. And And that, too. Give us a love. Absolutely. Right back at you, she said. I heard her. I heard her. So, okay, no, have a good no, rest no. of the show, you two. Good night. Bye. Good night. Take it easy. All right. So. And then there were two. It's just you and me. But And everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, by the way, why don't, since we're talking about Christmas, this is a good time for you to plug your mix that your annual mix and what's on it and uh, if, pe- if people want a copy how to get one okay yeah uh, this tradition started 18 years ago I it was back when I was in college I was broke and couldn't afford to give anyone Christmas presents so I made a CD of fucked up Christmas music and gave them out and slowly the uh, yearly custom became an annual tradition and people we're like, hey, you going to make another one? Sure, why not? And here I am, 18 years later, still plumbing the depths of Yuletide depravity to find <laughs> a bunch of uh, music that I think is pretty good, and I would love to share it with all of you. So if you want a copy of the 18th, I'm actually officially announcing the 18th on the 18th, which will be Monday. And as of Monday, you can message me on Facebook. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me, and I'll send you a download link. And you can enjoy it. Um, play it with your family Christmas morning while you open presents. It'll be wonderful. They'll love it. Grandma loves my mixes. Well, and if you want to get a hold of Nathan, you can do that on Facebook. It's usually, like you said, is the easiest way to do it. And I, I can tell you that the previous ones are always so much fun. Uh, and I, yeah, I get to uh, peek behind the curtain and I know what's on this one. And you'll enjoy it. I, I guarantee it. So now, before we start and change the subject, if you do not want to listen to pro wrestling, we, we're going to do a, small, a segment on pro wrestling now. Because uh, it is our best 2023, so we're going an extra hour tonight. We're not necessarily going to use the whole hour, but we do have that much time if we needed it. Um, or you can just take a break and come back to us later, because we are streamy, streamable afterwards at the same link. Uh, but is there any final words to our people that are leaving us tonight, Mr. Nathan, sir, you would like to give them? Yeah, I'd like to say, giddy up, jingle horse, enjoy your holidays, whatever it is you celebrate, be it Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, cool Kwanzaa, or a wonderful Yuletide, or Feliz Navidad, or whatever you call it, or whatever you celebrate. I hope yours is awesome. And we do mean that. And then if you're staying with us, so listen to the last part about, or going to join us later for the uh, wrestling Believe me, we are good at this. And uh, Nathan, in particular, why don't you talk about your your show first that you are going to be part of this weekend? Uh, this weekend at uh, Das Barbecue, our wonderful hangout spot. We on Saturday at 5 p.m. Deep South Wrestling. We are presenting our Christmas show. We're going to have a lot of great action. We've got. 
a Russian chain match between Jacob Johnson and Alexander Kolov. We've got a Falls Count Anywhere match. We've got a match between Skrilla the Great and Nazism, where the loser cannot challenge for the belt again as long as the winner has it. A lot of Ooh. high stakes, a lot of stuff going on. There's going to be great wrestling and great barbecue, and as two great tastes, it tastes great together. So come and join us. Das Barbecue on Memorial Drive, just outside yeah. of Oakland Cemetery. And it's free. It's friggin' free, which is the great thing. You get free wrestling, and you can spend money on barbecue. And, and the barbecue is not party. free, unfortunately. But. Yeah, no, the barbecue is not free. It's certifiably not free. Uh, but, you know, you, you've saved so much money on your wrestling ticket, you can buy some barbecue. So, uh, you know, so there's it, it, wrestling, once again, was very turbulent year. Uh, the last two years of wrestling have been kind of wild rides. And right off the bat, we started with something that was quite horrible with the passing of Jay Briscoe in January. It feels like it's Man. been forever now, but that's what started our year. Matter of fact, we were coming out of the movie Skidamarink, which had dropped in January of this year, and we'll talk about that later, I swear. Uh, and that was the, the news we, we hit um, when we got into the car. And uh, that was actually pretty terrible. And, uh, and, and I think the loss is still being felt, and it's a year out now. Man, it's always going to be felt. I mean, oh my god, forever. Like they are one of my top three tag teams ever. I mean, they were they were incredible talents. Him and his brother uh, Mark, and as individual talents, they were amazing too. And I, every time Mark goes to the ring, he brings Jay with him. It's you know brings that memory and that gravitas with him. And it's it was an incredible loss for his, his the fans, but even more so his family and his coworkers and you know the people who were close to him and the, the people he had mentored in the locker room and everything. So it was it was definitely a very very sad passing. Yeah, so it it was a definitely a year of highs and lows for the wrestling industry. Uh, and the high point was WrestleMania had its biggest attendance in history, but it was still eclipsed by All In in Wembley Stadium, which had the biggest attendance for one single live event in history. Uh, so yeah. people were pay- were going to shows even though AEW faltered a little bit in the ratings and attendance, uh, they actually said that they lost $35 million this year, but that is kind of in range because if they land uh, the new TV deal might wipe that out, according to some people, but we won't go into wrestling news, but the 34, the 34 million is a real number. I read an article about that today. Uh, but you know, I think it's a, the, invest, that's actually that's actually been one of the stories in wrestling this year is audiences domestically, AEW, WWE, a lot of the big com- bigger companies have kind of been struggling a little bit, but in foreign markets they're killing it. I mean, the Wembley Stadium so almost sold out for AEW. WWE had amazingly successful shows in Great Britain and in Puerto Rico. And there's just the foreign markets are just eating American wrestling up. And if they're smart, yeah. that's where they'll turn their focus to and do more I stuff mean, overseas. The Puerto Rico show this year in particular stands out for me. That, that was, was one so of much the fun. hottest shows 
I have ever seen. And that crowd was so on fire. As when when uh, Savio Vega stepped out to help Bad Bunny against Damian Priest, like they, they lost their shit. And when Carlito <laughs> walked out, they lost their shit. Yeah, and I mean, it, they were, I mean, they were like, ready, man. They were ready. Oh, my God. it was so, And it was a fun match. I mean, that really was a fun match. And, and Bunny showed that he actually had moves. He's like him and Logan Paul are like, you know, they're <sighs> celebrities, but they know what they're doing. That's a problem. Lo, Logan Paul, he's, he's, so, he's so hateable. It makes so much sense for him to come into wrestling and be a heel. The problem is... He's good. He's really good. I want to hate him, but he's he's really good. And now he has a belt, too. And he's been naughty with the belt, which is awesome because he's being such a heel. Uh, <laughs> he's, like, showering with the belt and having sex with the belt in the bed. Not on, with the belt, but with the belt in the bed. Supposedly. Yeah, he's you know. wearing it. Yeah. We're, we're not gonna. We're not really gonna get into the specifics there. But no, no, no. There's but, video I mean, of him to, of him trying to pawn the bell, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so you can't you can't really diss on Logan Paul for he's actually kind of gets it, you know. And, and, he's a reprehensible and he, human being, but he's and he, when it comes to wrestling, dude's a natural. He is. We hate him for it, but he is. Um, you He's know, one of those so, annoying motherfuckers who's as good as they think they are. For for a while, I was actually getting invested again in WWE. Like the storylines were getting really good. We had Bloodline and all this stuff, and uh, well, the first half of WrestleMania was fantastic, and it was a lot of fun, and all the matches were good. And then the later, second one later on, later on, we're going to get to talking about some of our best mat- single matches. Of the uh-huh. year, and two of my top ten were from WrestleMania. Oh, nice. Um, the second epi- uh, day, though, something was different. There was a couple of good matches, but it felt really weird. And then Monday Night Raw, which everyone, even I, went to go watch because, of course, Roman Reigns won again, and everyone was like, "Oh no!" You know, so the, rub- the rubber was- chicken was the star of that night. Yeah, it was. There was the rubber ticket too. But Raw, Raw that night, uh, every actually had huge ratings, and nothing happened on that and show. It sucked. It was like the worst. And then we found out what happened is that very quietly, Vincent, uh, you know, the McMahon, the the evil genius himself. The McMahon. <laughs> yeah, he uh, took creative control from Triple H for a little while. Um, was a bit more hands-on, and it was such like a switch, like like all this work, all this amazing like building up the bloodline, the Judgment Day, all this stuff suddenly was not working quite well, and now it's starting to come around again because once again the huge story about Vince and, and TKO, TKO took over, laid off a bunch of people. Uh, not all creative, I mean, not all act uh, wrestlers. A lot of it was behind the scenes. And now, and, and then Lebec gets his, he, he's got creative control again, right? Uh, to what extent, we're not sure. You know, no one outside of the company really knows because, I mean, wrestling new, quote unquote news is all conjecture anyway. But, I mean, you can, you can definitely see Vince's fingerprints still on it. But, 
as Triple H, you know, gets more and more power, the show is getting better and better. It's it kind of faltered there for a while, especially after WrestleMania, because you know, it was a really good WrestleMania. But it was the but Raw was the after WrestleMania was the first time I've watched Raw live in probably a decade, and uh, it did not impress. So the big the big story though is just the fact that we live in a world now where WWE isn't just owned by Vince, and that it's been. Like that's mind blowing. We just always figured Vince it was going to be Vince's baby till he died. But the uh, God, what was it they said? He looked he looked in that interview like if you put Snake Tycoon into an AI, that was the image that would come out. And, yeah. But he's he's no or he looked like Vincent Price had been stung by bees or something. That that, but, that was John Oliver saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what John Oliver called him. I thought that was. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, just the fact that that's no longer the case means like, and that and hell froze over because CM Punk's back there. So like, we're literally literally excuse me living in an era where anything can happen. Absolutely anything. Nothing is really off the table. And then, like, Collision was good. Like, CM Punk comes back after the horrible thing that happened last year. And Collision's actually pretty good. And then it all in, all that record-setting, you know, match and everything, uh, the news suddenly goes quiet on because supposedly CM Punk and it, it gets in a huge fight in the back. We still don't know exactly what happened. They've never actually gave us full details. Like, we kind of know what happened with the last time he got in a fight in the back, and we know the dog got punched, and that was kind of the final straw uh, for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, but, but Leave Larry time, they, alone. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know exactly what happened, but uh, Jungle Boy still has not made a return on AEW yet, so he's still That's in the game. He can stay yeah, away. Well, I'm cool with that. Yeah, but you know, it's still he was one of the first day oneers. So you know, uh, you know. Yeah. Now so is Joey Janela. Where's he? So is Sonny Kiss. Where's he? So is Jimmy Havoc. Where's he? So. Well, they were released. We know where they went. Um, but uh, and J- so. Jungle Boy can go the exact same place. CM Punk though walked onto Survivor Series uh, at the very end. Some people knew, supposedly, some people didn't. But then now he's in WWE again. Something some people never thought was going to happen ever again, uh, including I think for a time probably CM Punk. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, he so spent a lot of time talking back. a whole lot of shit about WWE, and then uh, oh. there he is. Money talks, and it talks yeah. loud. It's making, he's going to make so much fucking money. Oh, my God. You know, maybe it's worth the aggravation. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so it, that was basically the, the, the current events in a nutshell. So let's actually go ahead and talk Those about Those are the big the, stories of the year. Right? Yeah, let's, let's talk about the awesome sauce. Let, uh, let's talk about our favorite matches of the year. Okay, um, you want me to go? You want to go? <laughs> To start with, give you give one, I'll give one. How's that? I'll tell you what, I've got I've got a top five, but I've got four uh, runners up. That I'll I'll go ahead and talk about those. I mean, they're one, probably going to be probably a lot of those are going to be on my list anyway, so I'll let you know. Yeah, two of them were like I said from WrestleMania. That number uh, one of them is from night one, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. 
Oh, yeah, that was good. I like that an one. Absolute fantastic showcase of two of the best, not, not two of the best women's wrestlers in the game today, just straight up two of the best wrestlers in the game today. Like, Rhea Ripley's a phenomenon. She's been, like, insanely popular this year. And Charlotte, I mean, she, was there anyone more genetically engineered to succeed in wrestling than Ric Flair's kid? But I mean, maybe, they, they put on maybe hmm? Hook. Yeah, that's maybe Hook. Maybe. I mean, that, that's maybe. a thought. Yeah. And the other one is from night two was Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Oh well, that that is on my top five as well. I mean, and that that's... was just the shit. That's three dudes that are just like, yeah, you know, they subscribe to the theory that the best way to make it look like you're beating the shit out of each other is to beat the shit out of each other. Those guys just wailed on each other, like leaving handprints on each other type of wailing yeah, on no. each other. So it was that, that was awesome. Once again, Gunther's having, aka formerly known as Walter. Uh, <laughs> I like Gunther a lot more, honestly. Uh, He's been on fire for the last year. I mean, the last two years now. I actually think his reign might be more significant than Roman's in some ways. Uh, so it, it's uh, it's actually really fun. I, every, he never throws a bad one ever. I mean, I watched him inferior opponents and still like throw a banger with someone that couldn't keep up with him. So and <laughs> we. We we might end up talking about him a little later as well. But mm-hmm. also, I want to throw out the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Oh, yeah. That was really fun. That was awesome. The one that EO Sky won, I, a finish I had never seen, where they handcuffed two of them through the ladder so no one else could climb it. That That's now, in 2023, after – decades of ladder matches. If you can show me a finish I've never seen, you're doing something right. And what's their faction again? Uh, Damage Control. Damage Control. They actually are one of my favorite factions of the year. Which is now the the stardom all-star team, basically. That's basically what it is now. It's all the stardom girls who decided to go to WWE. Asuka and Kyrie Sane and (laughs) Neo Sky and, yeah, all of them. And my Mm -hmm. other... uh, Honorable mention is the most recent one on my list, and that was from Wrestle Dream, which was Swerve and Hangman Adam Page. Oh yeah, that was really fucking good. Now it was like, everyone talk, was talking about how violent it is, and it's it's not necessarily anything those of us who are involved in death matches or even death match fans haven't seen. But mm-hmm. you don't see it on that big of a stage very often, and you don't see it with performers of that caliber uh, quite as often. And it was that it was just a fantastic bloodbath of a intense match. It was it was a lot of fun. And it, that was a really good fun match as well. So, um, do you want me to throw out one of those? Probably on your list. Yeah, absolutely. All right. One of my favorite of the year, uh, tag team match, which last year, a tag team match with one of the same people in it. Actually, if I think about it, uh, FTR still shows, even when they take breaks, that they are amazing. And one of the coolest things to happen this year in wrestling is Jay White comes over from New Japan. It is now a part of AEW, as is Will Ospreay, 
oh my god like two of like my favorite people on the planet and but what ended up really coming through is that uh the bullet club gold and the collision at collision wrestled ftr which was juice robinson and who it was was it wasn't jay white well who was the other yeah it was, it was jay and juice it was it was Jay and Juice. Jay and Juice and FTR went for oh, almost Jay an hour, almost an hour. So you're and, talking about the second match they had, the two out of three falls match. Yeah, the two out of three falls match. That was oh. like my favorite of the year, one of my favorites Spo- of the year. Spoiler, that is my match of the year. Yeah, it was real. I figured it might be up there, pretty high. Um, but it, it this that whole match, even the storytelling was was great all the way from the beginning to the last fall. I mean, it was a lot of fun. You go tell us tell us why it was so good. It it was old school. Like first of all, two out of three falls matches are super. That's how all title matches used to be. Uh, that was how all of them were. And there's so many ways you can spin that, and so many different things you can do with the storytelling. And I love FTR. They're an incredible tag team. I love Jay White. He's an amazing competitor. I used to fucking hate Juice Robinson so much. But this recent heel turn, it just, all of a sudden, something clicked. And as annoying as a baby face he was, that same annoyance factor works perfect as a heel. So, like, it was just the four great performers that are at the top of their game right now going out there like that for almost an hour, which you don't see on TV. That was half the episode of Collision was this match. And it was tag team wrestling the way you don't really see tag team wrestling anymore. It was it was straight up Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express level good. Like it was, I, it was I also, excellent. I also want to like shout out in particular to Dax Harwood and Juice, who actually did. I would say two thirds of the match was them because they kept going back to those guys and they were holding yep. up, holding up most of that match. And so, shout out to those guys. Their their work was awesome. So I I think that I knew that you were going to probably bring this one up, and I wanted to make sure you knew that I felt the same way about it yep. a lot. Um, it was so much fun, and uh, you know, and uh, we didn't see FTR as much this year, uh, and I hope we get to see them more next year. So I kind of miss them a lot. Well, and Dax, uh, bo- Dax spent a lot of this year injured. Yeah, uh, I know, uh, but I love in Bullet Club Gold. I like it even when when Jay isn't with them and the guns are with them and they're carrying around the the the, the standee. They started. The standee is hilarious. The Jay White Sandy started initially when he wasn't there, but then it got so over, they just bring it out, like, even when Jay's there, and then when he stole the belt from MJF, uh, and then, then they added a belt to it, and then it broke, the arm broke, and then they duct taped it back up again. I mean, Yeah, it just gets right? more and more beat up every episode. <laughs> you called it, too. You're like, why? That thing's going to get more and more beat up. And sure enough, you were yep. right. It just gets damaged more damaged. So so much fun. So there's a not the wrestling has been fun, but there's been a lot. The the, the sports entertainment part's been okay too, uh, you know. Like, uh, but uh, what other matches do you have on your in your magical match bag? All right. Well, uh, matches two and three of the year on my list, and this has never happened before. Matches two and three were the exact same two guys. 
Number two is Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega from Forbidden Door. And number three is Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega from Wrestle Kingdom. Well, I mean, I'm going to just say this now. Will Ospreay was my wrestler of the year. Every time he was on, I was, you saw me. I just freak out when he's on. I don't know what it is um, that he admitted uh, Rev Pro that he has autism in an interview blew my mind that he can handle all of that and be amazing. And he, and he has a family and he's actually, so he's a role model as well as a wrestler, uh, you know, and believe me, we don't want to like look up to wrestlers. That's a very dangerous, dangerous <laughs> slope. People have seen dark side of the ring. You know what happens? They do a lot of cocaine and they die. Um, and not necessarily bad people, but that's what happens. You know, they do a lot of the, and they die. The knock so, against Will Ospreay has always been that his in-ring work is amazing, but his mic skills are mitt. But I think he's getting better and better on that. Honestly. We saw a promo this year with, leading up to his match with Chris Jericho at All In. That was the best promo I've ever seen Will Ospreay cut. He seemed genuine. It sounded like he was talking from the heart, and he connected with that crowd. And I think he's really improved on the mic, which I think and, is and, like the, he's addressing the weak part of his game, which is exactly what the greats do. And that was live on my birthday, uh, August 23rd, here yep, in Atlanta, we Georgia. We were there for that. So I we were in row B. So really close to the front, very cramped, but awesome. So, in all my uh, in all my years of going to, I've been to a whole lot of episodes of Nitro, a whole lot of episodes of Raw. I've been to Dynamite. I've never been that close before, and you almost miss the wrestling if you're like, especially if you're you know a film geek and you're into production and all. Just watching the crew and watching the cameramen and watching how they're doing the whole production, it's fascinating it's almost oh sensory overload being that close to the ring i've been close to the ring at many indie events now and it's not the same there's something there's just so much going on there's all these no, crew, indie there's events security, you're, you're close and it's cream. awesome but it's that it's that intimate feel where you're like you know you're there and you're you know you know half the people in the ring now but I mean, it's you know it's Indie wrestling is close, but these are these are superstars. These are guys you watch on TV, and when you're that close, they become real people. And you're, it's almost like watching it in a beehive. The amount of activity that is just swirling around you, and what all goes into putting on a live production of that magnitude. And it, yeah, it was fascinating to watch. And and yeah, the sexy cranes are are, are distracting. <laughs> so so that was your number two and your number three uh do we have anybody else we should talk about um i mean i i would i i'm not thinking about individual matches but some things that i've been uh, really appreciated this year that eddie kingston had a had a, a title run uh, oh, i'm so, so glad to see eddie succeeding on that level because well, he's, like, he's been not- grinding forever nice that they gave him an ROH belt and he got a new Japan belt and I bet you he was actually like more proud of that one even 
so hey, well, you know, let me let me let me throw out my let me throw out the rest of my top five matches right quick because I think you'll oh yeah agree with some of these. And then, uh, okay, and then I want to talk. I was going to throw back to you anyway. Yeah, but yeah. I just I just want to throw these out and then then we can move on. But okay. my number four, my dear, was it was from an episode of NXT in May. It was a last man standing match between Dijak and Ilya Dragunov. Yes, I, I actually meant to bring that one up because that one, if I was ranking it, probably was my number three of the year. These two legit looked like they were oh trying God. to fucking end each other. I have never seen an audience get so worked up that they're at, they're begging, begging the ref to call X. Yeah. <laughs> like, was, I have never bad. seen that before. I've seen sometimes people taunt people with X's, never actually try to get them to do it. It's like, like that thought, Simpsons play that <laughs> stop, he's already dead. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I mean, it, some of those bumps that uh, Dragonoff took looked like the most, spine. <laughs> most painful things I have ever seen in my entire life. That was one of the most intense matches I have ever seen. And yet, like, they wrestled again the following week. Yeah. Both of them in different matches. And, but they, like, they went out there and legit, like, uh, they, were, they were doing some super dangerous stuff. And it just speaks to the kind of performers they are that <laughs> no one got maimed. There was that one bump on the stairs that he took. Oh, geez. And his whole back just arched. Oh, yeah, that that was that was ugly. That that <laughs> that could not have felt good at all. Oh, even if it was a complete work, which it probably was, mm-hmm. it still was going to be like the like that was going to leave a mark. <laughs> you can't, like I always say, you can work a lot of things, but you can't work gravity. No, it was, oh my God! All right, well, you got for me, sir. See, I knew your uh, list and my list would be almost the same, so that's why I'm letting you read it. Now, my <laughs> fifth, my f- number five on the match of the year, we're going all the way back to the beginning of January. The Actually, the first episode of Dynamite of 2023. And it was the finale of a best of seven series between the Death Triangle and the Elite. Oh yeah, that it was, was the I Lucha thought Bros, about that. Phoenix, Pentagon, and Pac versus Kenny Omega and the Bucks in Escalera de la Muerte, which is basically a ladder match. But damn, these guys killed it in that match. It was just six of the best flyers in the business flying off of ladders and into ladders and over ladders, and it was craziness. And you never get a bad a bad match when the Bucks and and and, you know, the Lucha Bros wrestle together. They're always amazing together. No, and you throw so. Pac and Kenny Omega in the mix, and it's the, the talent level in that ring is just ridiculous. I, I, yeah. Is there any other matches I would like to talk about Omega and Kenny and, and MJF this year? So, mm, I mean, I mean, there's a, there were a lot of other great matches. And the, I mean, there was the 60-minute uh, Ironman match between MJF and Brian Danielson. Oh, that yeah. Was that was actually pretty good. Like, here's what I want to say about MJF. I, well, I've said this to you off air, but I want to say it online as well. I think 
MJF has never been a better wrestler than this year. Like, he's actually shown form. He shows he can throw down. He's had more matches this year than I think I've ever seen him have in a single year. I, I would have to say I'm pretty sure. I mean, he's been actually a, almost a fighting champion. And, and dude uh, has gotten himself cool. in insane shape over the course of this year, too. Yeah, he has. But he's also made some foolish moves and gotten himself hurt for real. Um, careful out there because he, you know, he's only, but he's in his twenties and he's at the top of the world. So what I guess can now's the time to do it. I'm, yeah. I, I, just, I, I, I can't say I'm a big fan of baby face MJF though. I want, I, I, I want him to be a scumbag, not our scumbag. I still don't trust him. He's going to turn again. It's his nature and that's fine. However, I think once again, there's this whole thing devil thing which i've only been minorly invested in the devil storyline uh but everyone thinks it's adam cole and it might be i would say that adam cole's more likely going to turn on mjf before mjf turns on adam cole i you know and then that ultimate betrayal is going to send mjf into the darkest place he's ever been see Uh, i think it's gonna if it's the devil it should totally be james mitchell he plays the devil everywhere else and he should be coming you know Fresh off a of snort and coke on the NWA pay per view, he should come out and be the devil. So 2023, we finally got to see uh, Danhausen come back uh, a couple of weeks back, uh, and he actually wrestled a full match and actually got the over. And it wasn't uh, him getting the over after everyone else did the work, which is what it was for a while. <laughs> so he, uh, he also he also saved Fight Forever at least for a little while. Yeah, he still sells merchandise even when he's injured for eight months. It's kind of amazing how he does that. Yeah. Um, best marketing ever, right? So yeah. uh, now we, we were talking yeah. earlier about um, how I had a, my top five wrestlers of the year. You mentioned uh-huh. MJF. MJF's my number three. Okay, so as far as wrestlers of the year, let's go number five then. Well, actually, I have one uh, honorable mention that didn't quite make my top five. But I think this dude is doing the best work of his career, and he needs to be acknowledged for it, and that's Christian Cage. Oh, God, yeah. No, Christian Cage has been on fire, uh, especially with this whole daddy thing. And they're even making it more interesting. I mean, now we've had a heel turn with with Nick Wayne's mom, too, uh, because Mm -hmm. the uh, Edge guy, Adam Copeland, had hit his – she was there when watched him hit, his, hit her son with a a, a, a chair. As you don't, people don't like that. No, he's, <laughs> his his heel. He's gone straight Bond villain. I mean, he's out there get like dead dads and talking about banging widows and shit. Like, dude, dude's going there. And we were right there. We saw. We saw. Um, uh, Nick Wayne's mom on August 23rd when she was still a baby. Yeah, so uh, you know, the, we got to see her right in person. It's cool. So there's like all these wives and and moms joining AEW as well. I thought that was like the hot and flexible Miro's wife, and you know, <laughs> she joined too. <laughs> they, they, they mention that every time. Like that's part it's of her so weird. name. Almost she's hot and flexible. I mean, and, and she's, flexible. <laughs> And flexible, and she's managing Idolo right now, which is like weird. He doesn't need a manager; he's fine on the stick. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, imagine like just just about everyone in 
AEW could be classified as hot and flexible. <laughs> Yet they they have to bring it up every time she comes. That's it's hilarious to me. Anyway, right, so my no, number five on my wrestlers of the year is someone we're both big fans of, and that's Tony Storm. Oh yay! Timeless Tony Storm. She's so good. Oh like her character reinvention has, like it's been amazing because she she really was not working. As a heel, they turned her heel, and it was really just not clicking. And then, bam, she hit on this this character that she's doing now the uh, the you know crazy Hollywood the whatever happened to Baby Jane almost character, and she's killing it. She's on the, on the so, cover of this one's PWI. The crowd's behind it. It's it's so good. But my favorite thing, one of my favorite things this year is when I, she she lost the belt and then she regains it finally. And it's a big deal. And and she t- accepts it the next episode of, of Dynamite as an award, like an Oscar. And she gives the Oscar speech. It's so good. Like, I so was good. not expecting <laughs> this. Like, you won the belt. What do you mean you weren't expecting it? <laughs> She was in the crowd. She gets up and she's like, so, oh my God, I'm so shocked. And she has to walk up onto the ramp, accept the award, give a speech. And it's just all of it was just so good. You know, Uh, it is good stuff. Good stuff, man. My number four wrestler of the year is your number one, Will Ospreay. Yay, I love Ospreay. And in the ring, no one can touch him. Just that, that's, that's it. He's, he, his matches this year were overall better than anyone else's overall body of work. Even though he was out with an injury for like five months out of the year. So. And he popped up everywhere. He was in every kind of promotion you could think of and through bangers, no matter how big or how small the promotion he was doing. I mean, he threw bangers in Rev Pro. He threw bangers. Was that North? Is that the name of the other one in mm-hmm. England? He yep, threw one North there. Wrestling. And then, of course, Japan and his work there. And then all of his work here. And now popping he's Popping up in Impact. Popping up in AW. Of, still, he like, just popped up in Impact recently. Yep. Uh, you know, so, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's doing it all. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, but then again, I, that's one of the things I do love about AEW is like, you know, because you also have Idolo, he's been going down south and doing shows there uh, yep. in Mexico, um, you know, and they're trying to down bridge the Mexico. gap between, there's that whole thing where, where Tony Khan is trying to negotiate a peace between AAA and CMLA, uh, MLA, always oh, two M's, right? CMLL. CMLL. I go. fucked that one up, but the, he's trying to remember that. Remember that whole thing where he's trying to broker a peace between the two of them. Yeah, good luck. So he, yeah, well, we haven't heard much. They've been, about they've, that. been they've been feuding for thirty something <laughs> years. <laughs> well, at least but, no one has to try. It's like you have right. to try to have peace in the Middle East, right? It's not going to happen, but you got to try because everyone's really bummed about it. So you yeah. know, well, my number three is MJF. Yay. We already talked about some MJF. My number two is Gunther. Well, and we talked about him. Gunther was that's so good. Of, first of all, him breaking Honky Tonk's man's record as the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion 
in history. I have been saying since the freaking late 90s that someone needs to come and put some shine back on that belt. Because think about it back in the day. Yeah, you had Hogan on top, Ultimate Warrior, all those guys. But the Intercontinental title, that was the dudes that could go. That was Randy Savage. That was Ricky Steamboat. That was Mr. Perfect. That was Bret Hart. You know, that was that was the dudes that put on the really great matches. And Gunter, he's been on a hell of a streak, man. And the thing is, he's such a dominant champion. He's such a big dude and hit, a hard hitter. But he can still make it look like even the smallest dudes might actually have a chance without looking weak. And that is something that a lot of big dudes can't do. He he is just rocking it. Like I said, we talked about him earlier because Gunther is so cool. <laughs> I mean, he's just cool, right? Like mm-hmm. he, he he his whole gimmick and you know the starkness of his character and how strong he is, but he really can throw it down. And he's he can switch from brute to technical on a heartbeat. And he's such a big dude to do some of those technical moves that he does. And I don't think you can beat Gunter on the ground. No. When it comes to holds, you can't get near that guy. <laughs> so. And the thing is, he can, he can take moves that people do, you know, just with, without thinking as transition moves. A, a splash, a suplex, a powerbomb, and make every one of them look like it could be the end. <laughs> like not of the match of the dude yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the end that's it the We're end done. that's it done bye-bye done so, and my number right. one my re- the wrestler of the year in my opinion is also he he got this despite being done dirty in the booking but he's really turned it on and shown what he can do this year i knew he was going to be huge but the rest of the world has kind of caught on to him this year and that's swerve strickland I knew you were gonna say it was Swerve Strickland, yep. and I—I—he's I, not my number one because I don't think he was there this year. I think next year he might be my number one. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think mm-hmm. I think that's what's gonna happen. And he—he's—I have yet to see a bad match, and someday we'll get that Keith Lee Swerve match back that never happened. Oh, I can't believe that they let that go, but I mean, man, it can circle back around to it. But man, he's just put on banger after banger after banger in the in the Continental Classic right now. He's continuing to put on banger after banger after banger. He's got so much momentum behind it. I I'm gonna go on a limb and say in 2024 we're gonna see him with the title. I I'm going to say that even if he doesn't win this this tournament. He's going to be in the final. I I have no doubt about that. I, I think he's too on fire for them not to put him in the final. And it would be a, a really wrong if they didn't. The only thing that I fault Swerve Strickland for is that he no longer comes out to Shaka Khan. But other than that... <laughs> Oh, but then we wouldn't have Nana. Dude, let's, let's give a special shout out to Nana, man. How much does he add to Strickland's whole presentation with that dance? Just like, just it's just him being him, and you know, came up with it on the spot, did it, and it's gotten over as hell. 
And this is in a land of people, a lot of characters do silly dances in AEW. And for some reason, Nana, not only is it over, it's actually kind of fun. So. It works perfect. You get Strickland coming out just looking super serious, like he's about to beat somebody's ass, and Nana just dancing like an idiot, like in circles around him. It's it's the greatest visual. Yeah, I, you know, uh, it, it it is a lot of fun, and we got to see that live a couple of times coming coming down together, and that was cool. Especially there was like a bunch of lady in cocktail dresses that were down a few feet from us at the ringside, and he walked up to them, and they were all dancing together. They were all about some swerve. Yeah, well, swerve, man. So, um. Let's see. I, I want to give a shout out um, since uh, you didn't mention uh, Orange Cassidy, I think had great work again this year. Um, Dude, that run, that really... run is the, uh, what, the international champion. Yeah. It's, yeah. He, you know, he, he was out there he, and he lost it and he gets it back. I mean, it's been, he had a really good fun, like, and he was on almost ev- opened almost every single episode with dynamite for weeks. There's, there's the, the knock on him that his detractors have always said is that he's, he just does comedy. He's, he's, it's all comedy. He shut them up this year by proving that he can put on banger matches and he doesn't have to rely on, the, on his gimmick. He can use his gimmick, but it's not a crutch. It's you know a tool that he can still use to, and still put on amazing matches. He had some, like, he had some great matches this year against a wide variety of opponents i mean it was all over the place who was out there uh we got the introduction of the viking el kingo this year uh who is was the big guy down i think it was triple a i believe in mm-hmm. mexico and now he is up north doing stuff here and people loved him and he was very very present around wrestlemania weekend um uh, and like we all kind of predicted, he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, he is point. a spectacular wrestler who is going to not have a long career. <laughs> but he's, but I, he is so tiny, but he's so amazing. So and shout out. Like, to he's only like 22. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Dragon Lee's run in WWE. I've been so excited to see Dragon Lee's like what watching your friends grow up when <laughs> so, man they you know. have wwe for years has been trying to find another Rey mysterio like they tried with sin cara they tried you know they've tried with a whole bunch of mass wrestlers i think they may have found it this time i think they may have their new guy that they'll sell hundreds of masks at the merch stand to all the kids every week i think i think they may have found their new uh latina superstar and it couldn't happen to a more talented wrestler. So it, it, that's kind of awesome. So I wanted to give a shout out to that. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. I thought her match was a lot of fun with the dancing girls. And they all came out dancing together. Uh, you, 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 mean, you, mean, you mean Bianca Belair? Uh, well, who did I say? Sasha Banks. Oh, my God. Monet. Monet. That's not the right. Monet was injured. We got we we've been denied our Monet. But yeah, I meant. But talk <laughs> about a, a wrestling moment. Her getting hurt in the middle of the match, so all of a sudden they give that. And then Willow the, Nightingale. Delta oh Willow God. Nightingale, and Whoa. like the shock on her face. 
did was amazing, but she had a she had a hell of a run with it. But speaking of women's wrestlers this year, who had one of the MVPs, I think, and has kind of quietly because she hasn't been on the major shows. She's been on locked behind a paywall. Is Athena? Athena has been killing it. I've been enjoying Athena. I, I'm very sorry to Bianca Belair. I, I meant no harm there, and neither was Sasha. I love Sasha. We get to see her next year. We'll be talking about her as our favorite wrestler next year. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, where are we? Uh, I've been. I wanted also Maki Ito. We got to give a shout out to her this Maki, year. Maki, the cutest in the world. Uh, one of my favorite matches of the year was Nick Gage and Maki Ito against Effie and uh, Allie Catch at uh, Joey Janela's uh, beach party. Oh, was it spring beach party break. or spring break? Which I really want to go to. Uh, it was so much fun and actually well shot. So um, I will tell you, those four people know camera placement like motherfuckers. They knew mm-hmm. exactly. It was it was watching. You know, even though this is like indie lower level GCW, they still know their shit, and it was one. Uh, it it was so much fun, especially at one point when they all were staring bloody at the camera, all smiling like Maki Ito. I was just eating that shit up. Oh no! The <laughs> so, the one that got me was when they had Allie and Effie over the ropes and just staring into the camera, giving them the pizza cutter on both yeah. of them. It, oh, that yeah, was good no, stuff. that one was. That- both those moments were just brilliant, right? And perfectly framed, lovely, beautiful shots. So much fun, and yeah, so and and Ito, man. that whole that whole that was actually of all the overall shows of the indie shows out of WrestleMania weekend. Joey Dinelli's beach. Uh, I keep saying beach breaks. I keep getting them. Uh, spring beach break, break was is my uh, is Orange Cassidy's finisher. Yeah. That's right. I get them all confused. You got Orange Cassidy on the brain. I'm also very tired. It's been Orange a Julius. long, long day. Orange Julius. I'm not the only person that calls them Orange Julius, so I just wanted to say that. But I also so I wanted to give a shout out because Maki Ito is a lot of fun this year on the indie circuit, and Effie is always on fire. Um, what was that? That that tag team match that I don't know if it was last year, but I saw it this year. But I did want to say with the where Jun Kasai and Mamoru Suzuki were, were, were and oh, they yeah. had, that was, that was last a, year. A, that was last year, but I didn't see it till this year. And that yep. was, that was impressive. And, and we're getting ready to get Jun Kasai and on New Year's Eve, we're going to get Jun Kasai versus Nick Gage. Huh? I, I hope Jun Kasai and him go. I don't want them. I don't want Nick Cage to. I want. I want him to bring out. They're going to go for it. No, oh, I think they'll go for it. Think they're going to go for it because. Oh, um, absolutely, you know, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm a little scared and excited at the same time for that. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway. Thank you, sir, for talking uh, wrestling. Is there anything we want to sum up about? Of 2023. Before we go, we are off air in about four minutes. Man, a couple of couple of wonderful things happened to me this year. Actually, I was, number one, I got to I got to participate in the first deathmatch tournament in the history of the state of Tennessee, which that was a lot of fun. 
and where someone actually finally took a bump into taxidermy blowfish that I've been trying to get someone to take forever. And man, my association with Deep South Wrestling, I, I love working there. I love the people I work with. Getting to getting to work with Nick Patrick is a, a absolute fucking honor. Like, check out Deep South Wrestling. We're 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 making some noise, and we're going to be doing even more in 2024. So, yeah. And and, and they really are. I mean, the the crowds get bigger and bigger every every time they play, and now they're doing more than one venue. Uh, it's really worth it. Go check it out. Yay for local wrestling and yay for local live music. And don't forget you know, to tell us what your favorite TV shows or memes or video games or whatever the fuck you want to talk about. And, you know, on my Facebook wall is with Catherine Gray, actually my personal profile. It's where the easiest way to find me. Uh, you know, you can go to the at the sexy, Witches. I'll always have the current links up for the current episodes. Nathan, where can they find you on the interwebs? Yeah, if you go hit me up on Facebook, Nathan Hamilton. That's the easiest way to find me. I may answer. And, I'm I'm not very good at returning messages, but you know. I'll well, try. But but once again on the eighteenth he's going to be uh releasing his annual mixtape Christmas mixtape. And uh it's not suitable for where kids or anybody else or either other people. But it is worth <laughs> But it's worth listening to. Absolutely. Hey, you got my joke. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Don't listen uh, to it alone or even with other people. other people. Yeah, no. But actually, you know, hit us up. We will get you a copy on MP3. Or if you want a CD with a handmade old school, like, printed out, folded, like, push it in the jewel box type cover, we have those, too. So it's an awesome. Those are very limited, and you're going to have to come find me to get one. <laughs> yeah, but there will be places in Atlanta that you can find him around the Christmas time. Usually it has to do with Elzig and variety shows. So go to those, and maybe you can snag one in person and meet the son of Sully Lloyd in person, which is, like, awesome. <laughs> no? Yeah, absolutely. The no, son of Sully Lloyd, the voice of violence, whatever the hell you want to call me. <laughs> just, you know, so happy Christmas, my dear, and a happy new year and all that stuff. And we'll talk about our favorite movies in January. We've got a few more to watch before we leave. And, yep. and um, some interesting, interesting projects to be coming up in 2024. So yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, we're, 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 we're in development mode. That's all we're going to say right now. But, yeah, it's awesome. So we're looking forward to 2024, which is going to be crazy. And uh, thank you for listening for all these years. We really, really appreciate it. Yep. We're going to leave you with uh, Visible Man, which is by The Damned. And uh, listen to their record. It's easy to find. It is so freaking good. Um, So, anyway, good night now. Blessed be and good film hunting. We'll talk to you in January at some point. Giddy up, Jingle Horse. Mm-hmm.